one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In today's episode, I sit down with Paul F. Becker. Paul is a biohacker, inventor, and health researcher. He's also the man behind the Earth Pulse, Pulse Electromagnetic Field Systems. In 1990, during his first year of law school, Paul stumbled upon early TENS therapy, which stands for transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation, and used it to help reverse a case of tendonitis that had persisted for more than two months. He graduated from Pepperdine Law School in 1994 and passed the California Bar in 1996. In 96, at the Whole Life Expo in Las Vegas, Nevada, Becker had the opportunity to hear Bob Beck speak about using electric current and how applying this current to the pulse points of the wrist could be used to kill microorganisms in the blood. This led Becker on what would turn out to be a lifelong research quest into the most efficient electric and magnetic therapies that had either been lost to time or hidden by the mainstream medical community. In May 2002, after designing several milliampere and microampere electric stim system prototypes, he produced his first EarthPulse PEMF system tested its efficacy, and filed his first patent in October of that year. EarthPulse has since been in commercial production since 2002, and over 15,000 units have been sold and are used by clients around the world who rely on the EarthPulse to improve mitochondrial health, get a deeper, more restful night's sleep, and accelerate their recovery. In Paul's words, and I quote, Nearly all psychological, neurological, and physiological disease, including aging, is the end result of mitochondrial dysfunction, and definitely not the other way around. In today's episode, we talk about the incredible benefits that myself and other people have experienced using pulsed electromagnetic field technology, harmful chemicals that show up in countless everyday consumer products and how to avoid them, the latest research on pulsed electromagnetic fields and how clients are using it as an ergogenic aid to improve performance, and various other applications, how it can be used to improve sleep, alleviate symptoms of neurological diseases like Parkinson's, and much, much more. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Paul Becker. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Paul, good to have you on the show. Um, Anthony, love to talk with you, so it's always a pleasure. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine. So last time we spoke, you were in Mauritius, and you were getting ready for your move to India. Talk us through the move and the process that you go through whenever you're going to be spending extended periods of time in a location. Okay, well, you know, I, I visit India usually once a year, so this was my, my yearly trip to work on product upgrades and kind of kick them in the ass a little bit at the factory and let them know I'm in town and face-to-face they better get some of this stuff done because otherwise stuff will drag for months and months and months like ridiculously. Anyway, I get to India and uh, I get to this apartment which I was really happy to score on Airbnb right next to the golf course that uh, I play that's inside of Bangalore whenever I'm in town. So I move into this place and the first time I boot up my computer um, I'm, I'm always a bit leery about what's around me when I'm, when I'm in a, an apartment complex with, with people left, right, and center. 
as as far as you know radiation Wi-Fi and and you know what situation I'm moving into. So I, I flick on my, my my I never use Wi-Fi on the computer, but I turn the Wi-Fi on and I see that there's 12 or 15 networks. There's 12 full bar networks that I could connect to with passwords. You know, three or four that are sort of there but not. I go to my bag. I grab my EMF meter, which is an acoustic meter, so it's got sound. And when when you're not looking at 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 lights um, flashing, but you're listening to some screeching s- screeching sound, like <laughs> like let me turn this thing on for you. So this is an EM Fields acoustometer that you're holding up right now. Yeah, they're not they're not cheap. You hear the sound? Yeah. So anyway, I put my my cell modem on a doggle uh, cable, and I throw it about four feet away, and and that brings me down into like. A yellow and orange level, you can see that. Anyway, at the apartment, man, I was red and orange, like 75% up on both sides, of, uh, on both of these frequency spectrums. And it just scared the hell out of me. So I'm like, I, I can't stay in this apartment for six months and, and, and blow off my... You know, I mean, Earth Pulse does a lot of good to help protect you from that stuff. But, you know, why expose yourself on purpose right you know I mean you do all you can to reduce that kind of information that that type of radiation all the old data the solid data before money got involved with science and the politics of science took over and all of this stuff now they oh cancer you don't get brain cancer from cell phones man the, the DNA break the strand breaks from RF have been identified since the 1950s U.S. Navy studies. You know, now they try and tell you that it doesn't exist. Yeah, but the study's right here in my hand. Oh, no, no, you know, that study's outdated. It's been proven wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I prefer an, the, yeah, the old makes, days when... It makes you ask what's changed. I'm assuming RF is radioactive frequencies? Yeah, radio frequency, RF. Radio frequency. You know, so what's changed? Has radio frequency changed? No. Have human beings changed? No. How does the study change? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they just they, they throw a bunch of money at proving that that doesn't occur, and then they find the results that they want. You know, I mean, science is so, so polluted right now with special interests, you know, whether it's RF from cell phones, whether it's vaccine uh, safety studies. It's very obvious who you, you can't believe. And the people you can't believe is the government and the FDA and the CDC and all these people trying, you know, it just none of it makes any sense to a rational person, you know? They just lie, a bold face lie to you, you know? Yeah, it's, um, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of interesting things taking place. What what are the downsides to EMFs from the research that you've looked at? What are the reasons that you're that this is on your radar and it's something that you are um, monitoring and trying to minimize exposure to? In 1996, I think I got my first cell phone. Um, oh, you were an early adopter. Yeah, I was. Is this one of the, were, is this one of the Zach Morris cell phones or one of the ones no, that came no. in a bag that you plugged into a cigarette <laughs> lighter in your car? We actually had one of those bricks, one of those uh, transportable phones, the bricks that plugged into your lighter thing and yeah, had the antenna on it. And it was actually hardwired. It had a cable 
phone handle to the box. Yep. We actually had one of those, but never had service for it. I don't know. My friend acquired it somehow. So we used to screw with people at toll booths and say, you know, they pull up to the toll booth and say, oh, oh it's for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, I, I got Nextels. I had Nextel phones. And because they only had 1,000-minute plans, I had two phones. So I had 2,000 minutes of cell time, plus I had the, 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 the radio. Remember the two-way radio? Yeah, the, the, is, is, like the walkie-talkie. Yeah, walkie-talkie, right. Is Nextel even in business? I don't uh, even know. You know, I don't think so. That was, that was my first phone, too, was an Nextel. And I thought the walkie-talkie okay, was so, so cool. Even though walkie-talkies have been around for like 30 years, you put them on a cell phone, and all of a sudden it's like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I know, no doubt, no doubt. And, and the business we were in at that time, you know, it was great being able to like just beep, 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 you know, like, you know, your whole network would be like, okay, what's Becker want, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, well, that was 1996. About 1999, I realized as my dad was dying from um, complications due to statins and all that as a whole other mess. Um, I was realizing that things going on in me, like my, I had a, a bit of a balance deficit. I was walking outside on the seawall fishing at my mom's house in Florida, and I'd get the weebles. And, and, and I, I almost rear-ended a couple of cars uh, in 99 or 2000 with my foot on the brake, seeing the, the stopped cars in front of me, but I, I was misjudging my, my closing speed. To, you know, and then I'd have to slam on the brakes at the last minute. So I knew there was something seriously going wrong in my noggin. And about that time, this is pre-Earth Pulse now, okay? Earth Pulse came in 2002. This is like 90. I've been working with the electric stem, Bob Beck kind of style technology, Rife technology in the 1990s. Did you have Lyme's disease or parasites or anything like that? What was your impetus for using the Bob Beck protocol or Rife or any of that? I was living in Las Vegas in a two-bedroom apartment with four band with four band members. I was the manager of the band. I went to law school to become a music attorney. So when I got out of law school and the, the class schedule was done, we all moved to Vegas. We figured Vegas is, you know, where a live act should live, right? And you were looking to pick Every- up uh, Tom Jones as a client? Yeah, we were looking to just be some, you know, the entertainment capital of the world or the U.S., right? So we moved to Vegas, and I was a bartender. Usually I was, you know, I didn't know a lot of people. I didn't have any juice in Vegas, so I I picked up a few graveyard shifts and some good clubs, but graveyard shift. And I've never, I mean, I'm pretty, for a pretty healthy guy, I'd never been sick so much as I had between 96 and 98. I, every three months I'd get the flu or pink eye. Well, it was like a six month rotation. Every six months, the flu, every six months, pink eye. So from, I guess, rubbing my eyes with dirty hands from, from drinks or something, my contact lenses would get infected or something, but I pink eye and, and every six months, the flu, and I mean a bad flu, like fever, in bed, coughing for a week to 10 days after the two weeks of fever, you know, then the cough would set in. So it was like a three, four week ordeal. And I was sick of it. So I just happened to stumble into the Whole Life Expo, which was coming through Las Vegas, 1990, I think it was 96. And I'd already gone through this cycle a couple of times, my second flu. I'm like, I haven't had the flu like, you know, twice in one year in, in a long time. 
So I went to this uh, Whole Life Expo, and, and one of the things I wanted to check out besides the UFOs and the free energy stuff was this guy that claimed he had the cures, cure for AIDS. Because, you know, in the 1980s, AIDS was, was still a big, or 1990s, AIDS was still a big thing. Not so big anymore. You don't hear about it too much. But 1990s, it was still big. So I'm like, okay, cure for AIDS using electricity. And I'm thinking to myself, electricity, that makes kind of perfect sense. Because it'd take an awful lot of electricity to kill me. But how much electricity is going to take to kill a virus? Not much, I would think, right? So I went, I saw the, I, I listened to Bob Beck speak live for, I don't know, about 90 minutes. I went into the convention center. I found the booth. I bought the little black box, the silver pulsar, which made colloidal silver. And that zapped your blood as it passed through the pulse point in your wrist. Actually, in those days, you ran it wrist to wrist. So you were treating the blood through, you know, the entire thing. But due to insurance issues and the electricity going through the heart on that route, they then went to one wrist, the artery and vein on one, on one wrist. So I get the Bob Beck thing. I start with it right away. I never had the cold or a flu still today. That's 20 years. I haven't had a cold where my nose is runny and I'm sneezing and coughing, no, none of that, nothing. No oh. sneezing, no, no runny nose, no, no raspy throat, no sore throat, nothing for 20 years. Now, we've you and I have talked about, because I've started using this myself and with clients uh, initially after your recommendation, and then I connected with some of the people that are part of the Bob Beck legacy and, and learned more about this technology, but it was, it was because of you. So I, I thank you for that. And um, you, you told me, you gave me recommendations for how to get started with it. What's your maintenance protocol? So for how do you continue to use it today after you've done the initial acclimation period? Unless something, okay, colloidal silver becomes your first fallback. Whenever you get a little bug in the back of your throat or you get that tingly sensation in your, in your sinuses, you just in your brain, you, you kind of sense that something's attacking your system. You make a batch of colloidal silver, you put it in a little squirt bottle, and you just mist it and you inhale it, or you squirt it in the back of your throat, or you gargle with it, and you drink a little bit for good measure. And then if it doesn't kill it like that, by the next day, if you're worse, then you break it out, you strap it on your wrist, and you wear it around the house for the day. Once you've gone through the protocol, which starts out very light, because you will get such die-off of organisms in your body that you had no idea that you had, you'll get what's called Herxheimer's reaction, which is an over a toxic overload. Your kidneys and your liver not being able to get rid of the waste, cellular waste that's pouring out of your body, either dead viruses and bacteria or cellular waste that being flushed out of your body or something, but you, you'll get a Herxheimer's reaction. So you have to be very careful with that. Once you go through your 35 to 40 day, 45 day protocol, which ends with one week of sleeping with it on your wrist so that every drop of blood has gone through that wrist at least a few times during the night. Okay. So you got to be really careful when you go through that early, those early days. Cause if you do like an hour, I, I was like, okay, you know, how can an hour a day hurt me? Man, by day four, I felt like I had the worst flu I'd ever had in my life. I had no fever. Every joint ached. Oh, I felt like dog pie, man. I, I was in bed for a few days. When I finally broke free of that, I said, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. You follow the directions. 
So I did an hour every other day from that point forward. And then I got to, to work. Then I did a half hour every day. By the third week, I was doing an hour a day. And then by the fourth and fifth week, I, 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 this is not part of the directions, but I just slept with it attached to my wrist all night. Okay, so once you go through that, then you're going to find that you hardly get sick ever. And if, if something does attack you, use colloidal silver. And, and you, the spray, colloidal silver does, you spray the colloidal silver in your nose? Up my nose, up, you know, in the back of my throat. I use it as a, as a, uh, as a contact lens solution, as a wedding solution. It sticks. It's it's a little sticky. It doesn't lubricate like like contact lens solution lubricates, but it kills anything that's stuck to your very porous soft contact lens, which are just you know bacterial traps, man. I mean those things, you know, it, it, they they just absorb anything that happens to float by and and float into your eye. You know what I mean? So. You know, I was wearing soft contact lenses in Vegas, that, and, 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 but the pink eye was just horrendous. So I started using the colloidal silver, and I haven't had pink eye since. I did get a staph infection in my eyes a couple of times. There was some really bad staph running around in Mauritius a couple of years back, but, uh, you know, that, that came and went. And the colloidal silver did nothing to that staph, and, which is amazing to me because I've heard many times that Hospital resistant staph infection or, or antibiotic resistant staph infection. MRSA. MRSA, yeah, bad stuff. I've heard on many occasions that colloidal silver works for it, and it didn't work for me when I had that staph infection in my eye. I was shocked when it came when the test came back and said it was staph. I'm like, why didn't this silver work? The only thing I can think of is I was making it with tap water because I couldn't find distilled water. There was no dis source of distilled water that I could find in, in Mauritius at that period of time. Now I know where to get it. I, I found out where I could order it but at the time. So it wasn't the good yellow stuff. It was, it was made very white, um, you know, would settle out after a day. But I figured, shit, I've been using this stuff my whole, you know, for the last 10, 15 years. If it's fresh, it's still carrying charge, it should work. It just might not have been a small enough particle size to disable that staph virus. When I first started using the silver pulser, you'd, you'd given me the protocol, and I thought it was overly conservative. So, of course, I jumped right into like week three or week four, and I wore that thing for pretty much all day, and then I slept with it. And I woke up the mm -hmm. next day like I'd been hit by a bus. I mean, it was, mm. it was the worst Herx reaction. And I've had some bad Herx reactions in, in getting through Lyme's disease and with some of the different stuff that I tried. The Herx reaction that I got from that silver pulser after running it for 24 hours straight before I was used to it was like nothing I'd experienced. And that was three weeks in? No, no. I jumped to like where I, on, uh -oh. day, on day one, uh -oh. I jumped to like where you to told me to go three weeks <laughs> in. I skipped the three-week acclimation period. <laughs> Because I was like, what's this little thing going to do? You know, like a little little zapping yeah. of the wrist. No, it, That's it, it put exactly me on my butt. I, <laughs> that was a, a perfect description. I felt like I'd been hit by a bus and every joint in my body was stiff and sore. Yep, and like brain fog like you wouldn't believe. I, I wanted to ask you, you, you reminded me of this when you said that you had tried the colloidal silver when, when that staff was going around and it was ineffective. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts? Are you familiar with uh, NMS, chlorine dioxide, um, the, the Jim Humboldt protocol? Yeah. Is that something that you've used? What are your thoughts on that? 
I used it. Um, I, I decided I was going to do a 30 day protocol or whatever, whatever, however many days it was. And you know, the, the, with the vitamin C and, um, the, you know, I got the powder, the ascorbic acid and I'd make it up and every night I do, I wasn't so good at like doing the small doses all through the day. Right. So I do like eight or 10 drops of it at night and, and I didn't have problem with diarrhea or upset stomach or anything like that. But about 10 or 12 days, I developed the oddest neurological sensation. It went, uh, and it took me weeks to figure it out because, and I was still taking the MMS, right? Is that if I moved my torso to the right to pick something up, I felt a vibration go through my body like I had a pinched nerve, not a, a, not a, a, a pain sensation, but a. <clears throat> Like, like that, it was like like rubber chafing against each other. How like two rubber things like rubbing against each other would like go like that, and I was freaked out. I was like, "Oh my god, what is this now?" You know, I, I'm standing in the kitchen preparing a batch of MMS, and all of a sudden it dawns on me. I'm like, I "Wonder if this has anything to do with the MMS?" And so I I knock the MMS off because I'm like, "Look, I got the Beck thing." I'm pretty pure already. I don't know what this is really doing to me because I, you know, it doesn't have the years and years and years of of data on it that silver, the colloidal silver does. So I just I stopped cold turkey, and about two or three weeks later, that weird neurological thing disappeared, and it never came back. And I don't know if it was due to the MMS, and I don't want to talk badly about it. My gut tells me that they're doing good work with it. But maybe it might not be the right thing for everybody, you know. But, you know, if you can do the same thing with colloidal silver, I couldn't do it with colloidal silver right. and electricity. You know what I mean? Yep. You take the same people with, with malaria in a hospital where they did their malaria studies, you know, colloidal silver will do the same thing. I forget the company that Rustam Roy, before he died, was working with. They did studies in Africa on malaria victims, and every one of those malaria victims were, were cured and walked themselves out of the hospital. Uh, the kids that were not given the malaria, uh, not given the colloidal silver, some of them died in the hospital. I'm like, why wouldn't they just give it to the kids before they die? Like, they, they had to go all the way to that point where, okay, these many people died from the malaria, these many people, you know, and, and the rest of them, they were in the hospital for the full term of the of the malarial episode, but all the, all the subjects that were taking that colloidal silver, very small particle size, but it looks like water, you know? Yeah. I've never liked to buy the stuff because yeah, it just looks like water. When you make it yourself and it's got that amber, pea-looking color, you know what you got. You know you got pure silver rods. You're not going to monkey around with something that you bought in a store that may not have the, the parts per million density that you want so i've always believed in doing things yourself if you can absolutely if you can you know right versus storm because it's expensive man stuff's not cheap i mean i spill more in a week because you know i'm spraying it in my eyes i use it when i come out of the shower i use, I use it for deodorant i spray it under my arms and let it air dry and then put a shirt on because if you put a white shirt on after you spray that, you're going to get gray staining in the, in the shirt under your armpits. 
But if you let it, if you let it dry on your skin, that silver goes right in inside your, your skin. I mean, it, it, it's such a small size that it, it gets absorbed. It's not laying on the top of your skin. You know, you spray it under your, uh, you spray it on your hand and you spray it on a piece of paper and you take the paper and you take your hand and you go outside in the sun and you watch the paper turn gray. And you look at your hand, your hand doesn't turn gray. Okay, so what, you know, what's the difference? It's got to absorb into the skin, into the cells, and, and it's, you know, I don't know if it's not photoreactive anymore or, you know, whatever, but it, it works. Try it. Yeah, I haven't done that experiment, but I'm, I've been using the colloidal silver since, since I started, since I adopted the silver pulser. And um, I noticed even just drinking the colloidal silver, I haven't sprayed it up my nose, but I should do that. It's like a second immune system. It's mm-hmm. like it, it's there killing and is not taking any energy away from your immune system. You know what I mean? It's like a second. La- it's like an artificial second layer to your immune system. It takes the load off, so your immune system can focus on more important things than cold bugs. You know, maybe that uh, you know SV40 vaccine you had as a kid. You know, it's also fascinating using it as a deodorant. I hadn't thought of that, but it makes complete sense. I mean, it's a it's a anti it's a natural antibiotic, so it's killing the bacteria that would normally colonize under your, in, in your armpits and start to produce exactly. a smell. Exactly right. And, and people with toe fungus, it, it's actually antifungal. I mean, just about every bacteria they throw at it, not just viruses, but, you know, a- just about anything. So people with toe fungus, if they take cotton socks and they dip the cotton sock in colloidal silver and then let it sort of dry you know, but then they put up, put the wet socks on and then put those feet into shoes so that the moisture stays in there all day. The toe fungus will go away in a week or two. You know, the nail fungus, you know what I'm talking about? Right, where the yeah. nails are all yeah. That? yeah. You know, within a month or two, the, the nail will be healthy again. I've heard that um, tea tree oil, essential oil from tea tree can also be beneficial for that. I, it very well may be. But you if know, you can I mean, do teach, all of these things silver. with colloidal silver, why not yeah, just have one? Exactly. That, you know, that I mean, that, you know, I mean, the tea tree oil, you put a clean pair of socks on, what's it going to start doing? White, it's going to start absorbing the tea tree oil, and then maybe it's not where it's supposed to be, you know? Mm-hmm, but if, mm-hmm. especially, and then if you, spray, you spray your feet first, make sure it gets in between your toes. Athlete's foot, too. It should be a killer for athlete's foot. You know, I've, I've never had to deal with that personally since high school, so I, I don't have any experience. But it should work just as well. Socks right. dipped in silver, put them on, sort of wet, but you know, not sopping wet, but just damp, and um, you're in business. Yeah, the three jock too, jock itch too. I, I'd imagine. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of a lot of the stuff that people are probably using. Um, what's the um, not Johnson's baby powder, the stuff that's like Johnson's baby powder, but it's medicated. And sometimes people put it yeah. in, in their groin. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. But it's uh, You could probably just use colloidal silver down there and, and you don't have to deal with caking, caking powder on a hot day that's like all nasty and clumped together because you've got swamp butt. <laughs> speaking, speaking of talcum powder, yeah. there's something that – are you, are you aware that Johnson & Johnson is in the middle of like a huge lawsuit about talc. No. 
Yeah, so it's a, a, you know, I mean, you you would think with everybody using baby powder to bottom to to powder their bottom or their baby's bottom, don't you think it, it should have been? We should have known when Johnson and Johnson found out that talc was a carcinogen that there should have been some either self policing on J and J or some uh, um, legislative thing to get talc off. Off like baby powder off the off the shelves. When did uh, when did this happen? What's dude? I it's it. I think the I think they just awarded fifty five million to somebody, and they've got like a hundred cases stacked up. It's going on right now, and then and then Johnson and Johnson was just involved in some other big thing too. They got two big lawsuits going on right now. J and J. You know, I mean, when I first got into this business, I heard of somebody that come up with, came up with some dental product or something that was better than J&J's, and they were in the middle of buying his technology. He was in negotiation, and then the, and the guy suicided himself, and, and the, the back story is that had they come out with that new technology, they might have been sued for, because they should have known that what they were doing for, with this dental product was no good to begin with kind of a thing. So, you know, there's not a, a big pharma company that, that is in existence that has clean hands. You know about the 40 alternative doctors and their assistants and everything that have been murdered since last June? I want to I talk about that. I'm, look, I'm pulling up some PubMed studies here showing they're, they're talking about how talc is similar in structure to asbestos because it's a silicate. And there's, over the past 25 years, a number of different studies showing an association. Now, now we know correlation doesn't necessarily indicate causation, right? There's a lot of things sure. in our environment that, that could be carcinogens. But there's a tremendous amount of evidence here showing that talc, the same that's in Johnson Johnson baby powder, is, is maybe linked to ovarian cancer. Yeah, that's exactly right. And now and endometrial cancer risk. You know, I, you know, as a guy, I think, okay, how about tes testicular cancer? You know, because in high school, I used to love like just taking the baby powder and, and, you know, like three shakes in my, in my, in my BVDs before I pulled them on, you know? Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's just, it, 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 this shit never stops, man. It just, it gets, and it just gets worse. It's, it just gets worse. You know what the, that you start to adopt the belief that just less is more. And rather than worrying about, oh, needing to avoid this, needing to avoid that, obsessing over different newsletters and, and blogs and everything, just get back to a more natural way of living and you don't have to freak out about everything. Yeah, this, 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 is, this, is, this is a good thought process, to a realization process to go through, I think, because really, you know, we have a lot of modern conveniences, but, you know, if, if it's going to have a detrimental effect on your health, you know, I don't want to be an old, decrepit, you know, 80 or 90 year old guy. I want to be surfing when I'm 80 or 90. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you know, you can't help the, you know, your eyes from drooping a little bit. You can't help the lines on your face, especially if you're a stomach sleeper like I am. But I mean, I, mean, I got the SV40 polio vaccine when I was in school in the 1960s. You know, people my age, 58. They're dropping like flies to cancer, man. It's like, I think the 33% in males, that data is like eight or 10 years old. You know, cancer is probably 
more like 40, you know, four out of 10 males by now, you know, because that data, I've not seen the new data, how many, you know, what the cancer incidence is these days, but, but it's killing us, man, yeah. you know, between, between the, the, the pesticide on the food, which gets absorbed by the vegetables. Come on, don't be stupid, you know what I mean? You're spraying it on the plant. Especially when it's, when it's plants that lack a protective outer layer to at least remove some of that. You know, if, if, you're, mm-hmm. spraying, if you're spraying leafy greens with pesticides, you're essentially going to be ingesting a lot of those pesticides. Absolutely. And, and it's going to kill you, you know, whether it's cancer or neurological disease or some other thing. Either one of them is, is, is the, the type of thing you only wish on your worst enemy. And, right. and then even not, not that often. He's got to be a pretty bad enemy. And ironically, you and I have, have something else in common in that both of our fathers have dealt with, uh, well, it, I believe your dad also was struggling with a neurological disorder. But, you know, my dad has Parkinson's, as, as we've discussed. And, um, yep. and there's one of the first questions he was asked was, did you grow up on a farm? Because of mm-hmm. how frequent that pesticide connection has become. And, yep. um, and you know, my, my dad said, no, no, I didn't grow up on a farm. And my mom said, well, Gene, yeah, your parents owned a farm and you spent every summer there and you would help, you know, spray the apple trees. And, um, uh, is it, oh, is it a coincidence that out of, you know, it's a, it's a family of 10. So eight brothers and sisters, five of them are boys. Two of the five boys have Parkinson's three uh. of the five boys have had prostate cancer. And they all oh. grew up in that environment with, with high levels of pesticide exposure and, um, you know, the, the same vaccinations that you dealt with, uh, that's B40 and, and yeah. So let's talk about your dad a little bit and, and what inspired, uh, you to create the earth pulse. Okay. Well, I was in 96, I went to the Beck talk at the whole life expo. And so I immediately was like going, you know, this has got to, people have to know about this, you know? I mean, this is just too simple. It doesn't make any sense that nobody knows about this. Because in 96, it was almost pre, it was almost pre-internet, you know? I mean, I had at the time a 28.8 dial-up modem and a, a silicon graphics computer. <laughs> <laughs> a silicon graphics computer on a 28.8 modem. Because, you know, Apple still wasn't on the radar, really. And HTML, uh, they had the first, like, WYSIWYG HTML thing. So I I bought a Silicon Graphics because I wanted to do the band websites. And I wanted to do a website about electromedicine. I I had electromedicine.com. And due to my disorganization, I lost the thing, okay? And I never never did do that site because I I could never decide on what what technology I was going to focus on. I I was doing back, then I started building Rife Rife devices, which is using a lot of higher frequency. Um, Do you still still use Rife today? No, man. Those things are gone. I I mean, the the last Rife system I loaned out to somebody and I never got it back. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't even remember who I loaned the damn thing to. (laughs) So. So I don't even have those things, but I, I have just recently developed a, a stem system and I, I don't think we're going to release it because I had a little personal issue. Did I tell you about the, my shoulder um, and that stinky pus ball coming out from underneath my armpit? No. Last, two, 
two years ago. I didn't tell you about that. No. I, okay, I had this little small no nodule under my armpit, like a swollen lymph gland. And I thought it was a fatty tumor. So, I, you know, I was getting ready to, know, you know, I knew I was going to come back to India and this trip was going to be a long one. So I invested in um, getting a backup silver pulser and I bought a, a Beck magnetic pulser, the first one I've ever owned. I never had a Beck magnetic pulser. It's 6,000 gauss compared to our net current system is 1,000 gauss. Very strong spike, but, you know, it charges up the power thing and then boom, it releases it. But it takes time to power up, like four seconds before it releases the pulse. So it's painfully slow to do your body with this thing because you're supposed to hit your lymph nodes and all this stuff. But I really wanted to see, could I shrink this little peanut-sized lump under my armpit? Dude, within a week, that thing blew up the size of a golf ball. And I was freaking out. I was like going, what the hell is this? I mean, like what would, ex what would explode in size when you hit it with a strong magnetic field close enough that it should be killing any organism that's in there? I just, it didn't make sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me exactly the, 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 what, what do you think was going on? Was it a frequency that was actually assisting no, the multiplication and replication of that no, organism? No, I, I, you know what, dude? I don't know, man. It, all I could say is a lot of times with electricity and pulsing, pulsing magnetism and stuff, it gives your body the ability to do stuff it, was ne it wasn't able to do. It's designed to do it, but it was not, will not getting the job done. So I'm thinking that somehow it was able to trap whatever it was and then when I started hitting it with the magnetic field it was finally able to push it out of the system to get it to, to move it out because like day by day as I got closer and closer to going to the hospital or the emergency room to have them look at it I realized that it was a pus ball filled with fluid so since I'm not a fan of doctors or hospitals I just took a, a needle flamed it, and then just, you know, pressed on it and spun it and drilled a little hole. And, dude, the thing just pussed out a bunch of pus that was stunk like dead fish and, and sour milk at the same time. It smelled like dead tissue. It smelled like dead tissue. And so, you know, I did some research on the Internet, and, and you find there are references to it. Like there's a, a medical term. I don't know what it's called. But... You know, when you, when pus comes out of your body and it stinks, there's there's you got a serious issue. You got something going on in there that that ain't right. You know, it's one thing to get a a pimple that's white, a whitehead, but it comes out, it's sticky, it's 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 a little bit slimy, but it doesn't stink. Okay, right. so this thing drained for about three weeks. Oh my god! And after the draining, the drainage stopped. My shoulder locked up. It was like I had arthritis and frozen shoulder at the same time. And my left arm became unusable. I couldn't sleep. I had to sleep in a certain position. Otherwise, I'd get cramps in my arm. It was horrible. I've never experienced anything like it. How, how long so did that last? I had a three times a week home massage for two hours. I did that for four months, three to four months. Then I cut her to two times a week. Then I cut her to once a week and I, I was getting nowhere. And I figure, okay, well, I'll get back to India. I'll get cheap massage. Cause I mean, dude, it cost me like five grand in, in massage.
over that six month period. At any point, were you saying to yourself, I should have just gone to a freaking doctor? Uh, no, because I, I always opt for the self solution. If you, if you can, you know, I, I, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So all of this stuff that I've developed, I've always developed the guinea pigging myself. So check this out. A year into this, okay, it, it was, uh, let me see, October is when I got poisoned almost to death. And then it was uh, a year later, 2013, October, I got nearly poisoned to death. That's a whole other story. Um, then the following October, I come back from India. My balance is still a little bit off. I went kiting. I realized kiting, my balance is good enough for kiting. I don't think for surfing. Plus, my arm's not feeling all, all that good. So this, this was October, a year after the poisoning and before a, few, a couple of months before I got the Bob Beck Pulsar. So I get the Pulsar and the Stim unit, the, the new Silver Pulsar, because mine was still working but beat to death. And that's as soon as I got the Pulsar out, I go, huh, maybe I'll try this on that little node under my, under my armpit and see if it, if it reduces the swelling. So that's when I started the pulsing. That was December. So June, I was doing all that massage. I was still doing, do, still doing massage into the fall. In October, sometimes the most obvious solution you just don't think about. I say to myself, okay, this thing that, that every two weeks I get a pimple under my arm and the, and it, and the white at the, in the pimple still stinks like the same stink that came out of my armpit eight, nine months ago. So I said, okay, this has got to be some type of bacterial infection. Why don't I just try the Beck stem system on my shoulder? Now, I hadn't trained. I hadn't been able to use I'm a big Bowflex believer. I think the, that progressive resistance that a Bowflex provides as you get into your movement, as those rods load up, they get, they get harder to compress the further into the movement. Um, so I've had the Bowflex in the corner. I haven't been able to touch it for a year because my left arm is, is dead. You know, this is the original shoulder injury that the earth pulse healed. And I had 10 good years out of it. I mean, I had no problems with my shoulder. It was almost as good as the good shoulder. In fact, it didn't pop and click like my good shoulder pops and clicks. Okay. All of a sudden my left arm is dead. I mean, you know, worthless. So I hadn't been able to train. I start stimming. My left shoulder, I, I, dude, I couldn't do one palm up curl with my left, with my left arm, not one. It was excruciating pain, even light. If the palm was up, it hurt. If the palm was down, I could do something. So I was just starting to train around the shoulder when I started stimming the shoulder. This is with this, the soda silver pulser? Yeah, yeah, the soda so, silver pulser. So you, well, didn't first put it, I start- you didn't put it on the wrist? No, I put I put one electrode, taped it to the front of the of the rotator cuff, and I taped one to the back of the rotator cuff, huh. and I just ran nine volt batteries through it. I mean, within forty eight hours, I was able to do palm up curls, and I started training, and within three months, I did that picture for for the Ben show that you've seen. I mean, I went from couch potato to ripped to shreds in three months. This is unbelievable. I think what happened was there was a bacterial infection when that pus ball exploded. Like, you know, I mean, it, because it wasn't coming through the skin, I had to drill a hole and, and lance it. That poison, whatever stinky pus was coming out, was somehow getting up into the shoulder mechanism and causing, 
I don't know, man, arthritis or something. I was, I'll send I, you. That, that was my next question. How much, how much of these conditions that we label as arthritis do you think are related to hidden infections? I think a lot more than people that even are aware of the fact that they can cause arthritis are aware of. Yeah, it's like I think that we are we we we're, we're a, a walking sack of a bunch of stuff that shouldn't be there because we whatever we pick up the immune system controls it but it's still there and little by little the older you get the more toxic stuff you've got floating around in your body and before I'd put the Beck thing on the shoulder, it was it was during that realization period of, okay, well, the massage hasn't worked, the, the magnetic pulsing. I was pulsing the shoulder and that spot that was still leaking fluid for, for hours per day. I'd run the thing for two 20-minute sessions until it got too hot, let it cool down, and I'd lay, lay back on the couch. I'd put it under my arm, and I'd run it for another two 20-minute se- sessions. I mean, hours a day I was running that pulser on my shoulder, and my shoulder felt like dog pie. It was not doing what it needed to do. If it was an infection, it wasn't killing it. But a 9-volt battery that you couldn't even feel did more good than, that, than the, the magnetic pulser, there, you know, the Beck magnetic pulser, which was six times stronger than, than, than ours. I mean, my, my device didn't, didn't put a dent in it at all. And neither did the Beck Pulsar put a dent in it. But the Beck Silver Pulsar, the electric current one, it changed, it changed the whole picture in, in a couple of days, four, five, six, seven days. You know? And then when I got enough current to where I couldn't take all of it and I'd have to run it at whatever it was, but maxed out for what my body could handle, man, in one day I was able to go surfing. Where you know two or three weeks before it was it wasn't even close. It wasn't even like okay, well, you know I could I can deal with it or come on Becker, don't be a pussy. You know you, you can deal with the pain. No 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 no. It was beyond beyond. There was no way I could stay in the water. And since I've been down here, I I surfed well not in the last few weeks because it's rainy and stormy now. But I surfed uh, fifteen twenty times. I did not have any residual pain from muscles or joint or or anything. Uh, amazing and just completely complete i mean it, it, it cured it you know whatever the problem is i mean my shoulder's not 100 percent yet but i'm getting awful close made some tweaks to the design of this thing and you know this one's working better than ever in fact i, I took a nap today for two hours hooked up nice and were you, you had it hooked up to your shoulder yeah yeah, two, two, two reds in the front, two blacks in the back, and then I alternate it because I'm still not quite sure. Is it the, the, the plus side that's doing the killing, the, the minus side, or is it both? You know, because it's an AC system. Right. You know, and we're not AC, we're DC, and I've always been against AC, but I've always believed in the Beck AC for killing organisms. So we built this AC. In fact, the, the, la- the last one, the one I just picked up this week, has a, uh, an AC-DC switch, so you can turn off the the negative side and just have it pulsing on the positive side so it'll be called positive offset so i'm trying to dope out what the hell's going on with my shoulder i come across the herbal horse site and they've got a, a, a an article in there about this guy's theory that equine arthritis is caused by bacterial infection and i said holy crap and that was really what made me realize, okay, Beck stem unit. 
And then boom, as soon as I saw that it was working, I knew we were on the right track. The book, The Arthritis Breakthrough, that talks about the use of minocycline, uh, the antibiotic to, that, that's mm-hmm. cured some of these chronic cases of, of rheumatoid arthritis. And, yeah, um, yeah, because they had they, their etiology was a bacterial infection mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it's probably a lot wide, more widespread than people even know. And this, there, there will be a tremendous amount of folks listening to this that will just immediately dismiss it as quackery. There's no doubt. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully you got a smarter than average crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, but I think there's also a lot of people that have said, all right, you know, they'll say I've tried some of the, some of the, the medications and the conventional approaches and that hasn't done it for me. So I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. We don't play one on the internet, but do your research. If you, you, you weigh the risks, you weigh the, uh, potential rewards and you decide if it's a fit for you. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can really do. And, 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 you know, unfortunately, if it doesn't make sense to you, you're, you're, you're going to be a victim because modern life, man, the, 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 the whole setup is, is to turn you into a big pharma lifelong customer. We, I was having a, a conversation yesterday with one of the physicians behind the, uh, the Beamer pulsed electromagnetic field mat, and mm-hmm. he told me a story. They were talking about fibromyalgia and, um, and, and some of the different protocols that are out there. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but it was one of the, it was one of the medications that uh, Joseph, or is it Jacob or Joseph Teitelbaum, the guy that's written F- Fatigued Fantastic and a bunch, of the, a bunch of the books on fibromyalgia. He's been using it for years, but um, the name will come to me in just a second. But anyhow, he was listening to this presentation, and one of the presenters was talking about the use of this medication. And he said, oh, yeah. He's like, I've been using that for a while. And the guy next to him overheard him and goes, how could you have been using that? He's like, there hasn't been any, any published data yet, any published studies. <laughs> And he looked at him and he was like, at first he got angry, and he, but he's like, I just thought to myself, this is a sad state we're in, that if people, mm-hmm. if people see things working and the anecdotal evidence is overwhelming and there's very minimal downside, why are we letting our, our patients and friends and family members suffer when be, just because we want to wait 10, 20, 30 years for this stuff to go through? non-biased third-party clinical trials and then be published in textbooks. There's, there's a lot of people that are missing some of the best years of their lives if that is the selection criteria for what we use. And, and, and if it's anything that has to do with non-patentable medicine, those studies will never be done because the cost is too high. You know, when we did our study at uh, a lower back pain, the lumbar, Lumbar, chronic lumbar pain at Yale New Haven back in 2005, I think it was, 2005-2006. You know, that doctor was all in. He's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a, two, a, 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 you know, a, a West Coast, East Coast study so there's no bias on uh, ge- you know, geography. And, and, um, and I'm like, okay, what's it going to cost? Half a million. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay. Okay, all right. Well, I'll see if I can find the money. Thanks, Doc. You know, but you know, I walked out there knowing that you know, hey, this this study was a success. He's like, if this works on thirty percent of these poor bastards, they're it's gonna be 
this will be amazing. He said, because these guys, they come for their drug prescription every 60 days or whatever it is when you have to get your, your prescription renewed. And he says, nothing's worked for them. Back operations, PT, they failed everything. They just come for the medication. And so that's who we're going to try. And he says, if it works on 30%, I'll be astounded. It worked on 78%. What, what was the protocol? Just uh, you put this magnet under your lower back, underneath between your mattress and box spring. Turn it on at 9.6. If you don't sleep well, then you use the next lower setting. If you're still not sleeping well, use the next lower setting. When you're saying and lower you know, setting, you're talking about in the intensity frequency. percentage. Yeah, no, no, frequency, frequency, next lower frequency setting. Sorry. So like go from 9.6 down to 9.5? No, it'd be 9.6. Then it went to 7.8 because it was a, an analog uh, 12 position switch. So I think it was 9.6, 7.8. Then it went to, um, I don't know, I think it was five something. I just pulled some numbers out of the air because, you know, there was, there was really nothing, no natural frequencies to, to con you know, you got the, the, the spectrum of Schumann and you got the 7.8 spike. And then you've got spikes at one and a half and two and a half. So I had one and a half and two and a half, and then I think I had four and five and then 7.8, something like that. So it was just a matter of getting to where you can sleep well, but just keep this magnet under your lower back in between the mattress and box spring. And that was it. That was the test. No, lo no local application, nothing. And, and when you're talking Schumann frequencies for the listeners, you're talking about the, uh, the electromagnetic fields being emitted by the earth? Yeah, by the ionosphere due to um, electric uh, lightning strikes. You know, I think that's pretty much the accepted um, uh, definition where the Schumann waves are created by the resonation of these lightning strikes in the ionosphere and bouncing around for eons. They, they set up standing waves at particular frequencies that are greater than the intensity of the other frequencies around it. It's a spectrum. It's every frequency between you know, zero and um, it really, it goes off into the hundreds, I think, but the intensity goes down from 7.8 where it peaks, it just goes down less and less and lower and lower and lower intensity. If you measure those Schumann waves in an environment that's not shielded, you're going to see a big spike at 60 Hertz in the U S and in Europe, you're going to see a big spike at 50 Hertz. And that's just from the equipment in, in the lab where they're doing the measurement, you know? So if that stuff's not been shielded out, you're going to have a spike there at power frequency, 50 or 60 hertz. Right. Um, so, oh, you know, the Schumann spectrum, if you look at the graph, there's a nice little spike at one and a half and a nice little spike at two and a half, and then, and then it drops a little bit, and then 7.8, there's a big spike. That's, that's when the Schumann is a healthy Schumann, you know? In, a, in a, an environment where you're at right now in downtown Chicago, I mean, uh, I've looked at Schumann Spectrum. In fact, there's a paper on, their, um, on our website called Morphing Schumann. And you'll see Schumann um, graphs taken in Japan and everywhere else where now it looks to be the peak is in the 12 to 20 hertz range, which is a perfect reason why people can't sleep anymore because they're sleeping in a in a soup of electromagnetic, electromagnetic energy that is way too high. And mm -hmm. to get the 
We're trying to quiet down to enter theta and delta sleep. You just can't do it, you know? Right. So essentially, what, what, no, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. So what you're saying essentially is like, you, you talk, we, we know that the brain entrains to the dominant external stimulus, whether that's auditory, visual, even electromagnetic. And because of all of these electromagnetic frequencies, especially in urban settings where you, you're surrounded by Wi-Fi networks and, and uh, you know, your computers, cell phones, things like that, we have smart these, meters, smart, smart meters. meters, right? <laughs> we, we have these electromagnetic fields that are emitting frequencies that are high. Like when you're going into sleep, you're going into the Delta frequencies, which are it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think somewhere in like the three to five Hertz range, right? Somewhere in Delta there. Is, Delta is like up to three. Okay. And then like the cross, three. Then the, yeah, three, three to uh, s- uh, seven or something. That's, yeah, I'm mean, a little bit rusty on that. That's theta. That's theta. And then you go into alpha, which is like associated with the meditative state. And then anything above that is beta. So you're saying almost like because, of, because we have so much exposure to these electromagnetic fields, it is very possible that our brain is being entrained into like a permanent beta state. A high, a permanent high beta state where we're edgy and anxious and cannot relax. And this is a good transition to talk about the Earth pulse because that study that you mentioned with the uh, the coil and the electromagnetic frequencies being used to help alleviate some back pain that sounded to me a lot like a pre-production version of the Earth pulse. That they were using. <laughs> well, it was our production version at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Um, this- I mean, we we used to we used to spin our coils with a dowel across my waist, a big roll of uh, of copper wire. I'd just sit there with the with the drill in my hand, and I'd use my my thighs to to, to keep the 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 coil, the, the big coil of wire between my legs from, you know, like birds nesting, you know, mm. and I just spin coils with a, with a hand drill. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's like the, the, the person that starts a supplement company mixing things up in their bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Except we, we were doing it at a, at a little, a small electronics firm. I wasn't doing it in my garage, but it might as well have been. <laughs> this describe to me, I mean, the earth pulse is one of, I, I, I put it as one of the best ROI biohacks that we covered in, in the biohackers guide to upgraded energy and focus. Um, oh, thank you. I, I sleep on it every single night. And this is especially interesting because, you know, I'm someone that was years ago diagnosed with, with Lyme's disease. And, and you've said to me, you know, the only people you don't want using it are people that have Lyme, right? Well, yeah, I, I use it and it's dramatically increased my quality of life. Now, maybe it's because I treated the Lyme and, and I'm in a spot where, you know, it's good now. And that's, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I take it with me when I travel. I have more energy when I use it. I wake up more, uh, you know, more rested. Can you describe to the people listening, what is the earth pulse? And I I think you have a pretty powerful story with your father. If you could kind of talk about how that uh, intertwines. Okay. Well, I, you know, I I started to say earlier, you know, here I was involved with all these electronic things, Rife machines and the Beck, Beck type devices and stuff. And I tried all of them on my dad. 
I had electrodes hooked up to his earlobes, running current through his brain. <laughs> uh, nothing worked, man. That's, I, just, you know, that's just cranial electrical stimulation, yes? Yeah, basically, right, correct. I was doing it with a, with a Rife device, and my dad would be able to turn the volume switch so that, you know, because only he can tell how bad or how strong the, the sensation is, right? So he's like, you know, I... My dad was just—he was failing badly. You what know, was, and what was still, going on with him? Was there a diagnosis? Ah, uh, jeez. Well, you know, he had this heart flutter kind of a thing. You know, a little uh, arrhythmia going on. You know, and I, my dad's making a, an appointment at at the medical center in New York. One of the one of the biggies has a has the medical school right there in Manhattan, and so. And I'm like, Dad, look, man, you don't, I said, I said, you know, never, you, you don't get cold. You don't have the flu. You haven't been to the doctor in years. I go, just let sleeping dogs lie, man. I go, I go, I've got the same little heart palpitation since I was in high school. I've noticed it. I go, you know, genetic or whatever. I, I, I go, don't worry about it. You know, I said, don't just blow. Don't even go to the appointment. Screw it. Nah, I, you know, I don't want to waste the doctor's time. He was a mortician, you know, so doctors were a big thing for him. A lot of friends were doctors. Yeah, you know, this is back in the old days. So, you know, when, when I think doctors were cut from a different cloth. So he, he went, they said, oh, your cholesterol's high. They give him statin drugs. All right. So, uh, oh, and uh, I think he took Pumadin too because his blood was thick. Now, what, knowing what, was, what I know, what was he experiencing symptomatically? Just, just that heart flutter. That's it. That's no, it. Nothing else. That's it. Just that little bit of arrhythmia a couple times a day. He'd notice, right? So his attorney friend is like, "Oh, Paul, you should go check that out. You don't want to mess around with your heart." Worst advice he could have ever gotten because he went to that appointment. They gave him Coumadin. gave him statin drugs and I watched the guy go from a 68 year old without gray hair climbing ladders digging holes he was a, he was the building super when he retired he was the building super for our hometown so every little building project they had he was the supervisor on it and he'd be down in the holes going no not like that get out he'd climb down in the hole and he'd show him what he wanted him to do I mean the guy was amazing at 68 years old and then at 68 and a half at Christmas time I'm, I'm, you know, we have a big Italian Christmas Eve would always be at our house back in those days. Christmas Eve was our house. So I had to help my dad bring the tables up to the main kitchen from downstairs, the big tables where you could seat like 15 people at a table. And the tables, you know, the folding table, they're a little bit heavy, but not that heavy. And my dad was just struggling with it. He's like, man, I don't know why my joints hurt so bad. And I'm like, Dad, man, why don't you just take that medicine and throw it out, man? You, I've watched you go down. Every time I come home and I see you, it looks like you've aged 10 years. You know, I, I, I got to where I was throwing the this, this statins into the garbage disposal because every time I throw them out, my mom would take them out of the garbage. You know, you know how expensive these are? I'm like, I don't care what they cost. I go, they're killing my dad, you know? So I started throwing them into the, the garbage disposal and shredding them. And then she, then she started hiding it. And I, I just, I couldn't get around my mother. So, you know, six months later, he was, um, was she not, had full was she not seeing the same deterioration that you were observing or was it, was she too close to it? Uh, I don't know, man. Let's not get into a discussion about my mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, 
long history there. So, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes it makes perfect sense to you, makes no sense to the, you know, the person sitting next to you. So, anyway, so he went from climbing, climbing ladders, digging holes, to dying catatonic less than four years later. And all the electric stim I could do on his head, nothing worked. On his body, nothing, nothing seemed to alleviate the problem. You know, and, and it, you know, just because you're stimming your system, uh, your joints, your, you know, your brain, you're still taking the same thing that's poisoning your body, regardless of what you're doing. It's, it, it, you know, it's like, it's like trying to put a, 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 an oil fire out with water. You, you, it's, it's not going to work. From so, for, for someone for someone listening that maybe considering statins or maybe is already taking statins, what what have you seen in the scientific literature that even if even if a a physician saw the study would consider it validated research uh, against the use of statins? Uh, well, the, the, you know, the, one of the big things is well. It, it's already too late when you have a massive heart attack and you're dead, you know, oh, well, maybe the statins, you know, because there are studies that show that statins will control your cholesterol and then all of a sudden you drop dead of a massive heart attack. Okay, that's, that's one thing. You, can, you could look up massive heart attacks and statin use. The other thing is, is your brain needs cholesterol. Without cholesterol you get Alzheimer's. So the statins are leaching cholesterol out of your body indiscriminately. I don't know how it gets through the blood-brain barrier and all of that stuff, but there's got to be some studies out there associating statin use to Alzheimer's. has to be there. I haven't looked, but it would make sense to me that somebody's done the study. Do you think that has anything to do with uh, APOE4 and the, you know the, the, the particular that genetic variation, how it affects the cholesterol transport protein, and then statin furthermore making it difficult for cholesterol to get into the brain and be utilized by, um, you know, our, our neurological system. Uh, couldn't, couldn't tell you. I've seen a bunch of studies connecting APOE4 with Alzheimer's. And um, so it's basically altered metabolization of cholesterol. Um, I started looking into it more when my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's and I'm, I've got APOE4 on both sides. So my risk for Alzheimer's is like 20 times higher than your average person. That, that's why I was asking. I was just curious if you'd seen any of that. It's, it could just be one of those things that's, <laughs> that's more on my radar because, I, I because I have it, you know? Yeah. Cause it, it touches you personally. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, you're doing the, the coconut oil thing. You're doing coconut oil. Like the MCT oil for the brain. Yeah, like, you know, like good old-fashioned uh, organic coconut oil. Yeah, I do. I do lots of, lots of coconut oil, lots of uh, extra virgin olive oil, healthy plant-based fats in, in abundance. Yeah, it seems like, the, it seems like there's a uh, – uh, I've read a, enough things to, to – my gut feeling is that if, if you're prone or have Alzheimer's that – that coconut oil is a good thing to take, a few teaspoons a day. I don't know if you have to do it on an empty stomach or with food, don't know. But, yeah, I would, you know, I mean, look, there's, there's not anything that comes in a pill or a capsule that has a big pharma name on it 
that is actually going to be good for your health. It may treat a symptom of something that you've got, but long term, it's not going to be good for your liver, your kidneys, your brain. It just cannot, it is, it's impossible. You can't put that many cockamamie uh, molecular constructs that aren't supposed to, that are foreign to the body into your body on a day-to-day basis for a period of 15 or 20 or you know however long it's going to be and it's that it's going to have a, a beneficial outcome it, it makes no sense the whole the whole thing is is ass backwards the entire western medical paradigm is ass backwards so let's let's continue with your father and, and the earth pulse yeah. Okay. So anyway, my dad's dead. I'm in India because, you know, and I'm, I'm, I got so much time to kill when I'm in India that I do a lot of research when I'm here because it's, you know, mostly downtime. So I'll never forget the night I'm sitting at the old shop where the, where, you know, the same people are building my device. Now I was in India in two, in the year 2000 to do a microcurrent stem device. I, because microcurrent was brand new. It seemed to make sense that TENS was too strong. TENS cut the pain signal, but TENS doesn't heal tissue, okay, because it's too strong. So, and, I'm, and, and I knew that the Rife stuff and everything that we were using, because they were pad devices, okay, so you're actually running current, but you're using Rife frequencies. Okay? It wasn't like a tube system, you know, argon tube system, the, you know, the real Rife stuff. This is like a Rife bear device, which is you know, a, a, a quite powerful electric stem system. And so I was a little bit worried about the, the insurance um, and liability of running that much current on people. So microcurrent stem, that seemed like the best thing. So, you know, it, the best of both worlds. So it was safe and it was still effective. Um, so I was in India and we're, they're working on the microcurrent stem, which happened to be 9.6 hertz because I was convinced that that was the frequency because there was... 10 hertz all over the research. The 10 hertz studies for sure work better than the other studies. And I said, okay, they're using whole numbers. I think if we, if we use a decimal point, if Beck was, was correct about the earth resonating at 9.6, that's why the 10 hertz is working as well as it is because it's as close to 9.6 as you're going to get using a whole number. And um, I was doing research on Parkinson's. And lo and behold, I come across a line of studies using pulsed electromagnetics. And I'm sitting there, and I just, I, I put my head, I, I just, it was a palm smack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. man, I was, so, I was so close, but I missed the boat. It's like magnetics. Magnetics is going to penetrate. It's not going to run point to point. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go in like a shotgun and saturate all of the tissue with, with magnetics. And here's a whole line of studies in existence that started in 1993. And was in existence had I known to look for it. This guy worked doing miracles on Parkinson's disease in East uh, Islip, New York, a guy named Reuven Sandike. So I discovered Reuven Sandike and pulsed electromagnetics when I was in India working on microcurrent stem. So I immediately, I mean, I, my, my microcurrent stem is still like not even a prototype yet, and I'm already working on the earth pulse. When I left India, I still didn't, in, uh, I think I left, I don't know, it's January or February of, of 2001. I got there in October and I left in, in 2001. Um, 
February, January or February. I don't know exactly. Anyway, so I'm, I'm still in India. I don't have the system, but I'm already working on the Earth Pulse. And I got home, and I'm like, man, these people in India, they take forever. I got to find somebody local to do this. I had the Earth Pulse prototype before I even got the, the, the microcurrent stim device prototype from India. When it came from India, I turned it on once. It went in the box, and it's still in storage in Florida. Never touched it again. And I was doing the Earth Pulse, and the first client I had was a guy with Parkinson's. And son of a bitch, if it didn't work as good or better than Sandike's own research, it, it blew my mind. I was like, you know, I mean, I, I came home on a Friday afternoon with the prototype. It was uh, May, just actually May. It was the, the um, Memorial Day weekend in 2002. I got the prototype. I came home. I was on a pot of coffee. My schedule, I'd go to sleep at 6 a.m. Because back in those days, the, the patent websites and the PubMed website was excruciatingly slow during the day. But it would start to free up about 10 o'clock at night. So my, my work day was more, you know, research-wise, was about 10 p.m. until 6 a.m. I went to sleep. I got up at midnight. I got up at noon, had a pot of coffee, which was like a four-cup pot with espresso in the basket, okay? So <laughs> I had two, two mugs of espresso, drove down the street to Jensen Beach, picked up the prototype, got home, I don't know, 1.30 in the afternoon. I woke up at 12, pot of coffee. 1.30 in the afternoon, I lay down in my bedroom. I pulled the blinds, so it was dark in there because sand I talked about, you, you don't want light going through the eyelids because you want the, the, the maximum amount of melatonin release. So you want to trick the brain into thinking it's nighttime, so you use eye shades or whatever. I darked my room. I did a little Hail Mary, you know, please make this work. Because for me, I had this little neurological deficit, this balance deficit going on. And I also had a little tremble in my thumb. And since my dad had died of Parkinson's, well, co coexisting Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, there's a name for that, but I, I can't remember what it was. I was a little bit leery, and I wanted this thing to work for me as much as I wanted to bring something really valuable to humanity. So I laid down. Next thing I know, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I mean, I sit up in bed, one of those what day is it, where am I kind of routines, right. and I see the little red blinking light out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, holy shit, the earth pulse. And I'm like, I realize, I looked at my watch, and I'm like, holy crap, it's 4 o'clock. I just slept for two and a half hours. How is that on a pot of coffee? Soon as my feet hit the floor, I felt like I'd been doing, uh, I don't know, six months of martial arts or something. I, I felt more balance and feedback from my proprioception, you know, from my feet and ankles than I'd, than I'd ever been aware of before. I went out, I grabbed the phone from my mom's cradle, you know, cordless phone, which are horribly bad for you. Um, but at, by that time, I'd realized it's no good to hold your head. So I, I dial Put it on speakerphone. I'm walking my mom's pool, the lip on the pool like a tightrope, around and around the pool while I'm talking to my first client who is waiting for the system to be delivered to him in a few days in Daytona Beach. Had I tried to do that the, day, the you know six hours before, I would have fallen in the pool for sure. So I was just gas, and I'm talking on the phone. You know, I'm doing two things at once, and I'm walking like a tightrope around my mom's pool. I mean, it's crazy because some. I, I was talking to Dr. Robert Dennis about 
to some of the benefits he's seen with pulsed electromagnetic fields. And he has a theory, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, but um, he believes that one of the main benefits of pulsed electromagnetic fields, at least from a cognitive perspective, is that it improves function of the glymphatic system, the elimination of toxins from the brain while we sleep, and that people who are predisposed to Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or any of these other you know, dementia, cognitive decline in any form it takes, may have some sort of problem with their glymphatic system. And maybe it doesn't function as well as the, the rest of you know, the, the, the population. And the earth pulse and some of these other PEMF technologies may be just what they need to get their, their brain detoxification back online. What are your thoughts on that? I think for sure it, it detoxifies, specifically limp versus just your cell detoxification. Yeah, it sounds feasible. I don't think it's just the lymph, though. I, I think it's cellular detoxification. When I got poisoned, man, I had the, the worst banging headache for two weeks. I, I, I could be, I, if I fell asleep, I had nightmares. I was being chased by crocodiles or monitor lizards or python snakes. It was, it was the most bizarre two to three weeks of my life. I, I couldn't sleep because I'd have nightmares. But if I was awake, my head hurt so bad, all I could do was put my hand on my temples and moan and pray to God to, to take the pain away. I laid on the earth pulse. You know, I didn't have two-magnet system. I had one magnet at the time. And that thing was on top of the pillow with a, with a, a towel folded over the top of it and one temple or the other pressed against the magnet. And... You know, I mean, three days in, I stuck a, a Q-tip in my ear, and I, I usually I use three Q-tips in a bunch, you know, like a triangle. And I get three Q-tips in, and then I just spin them between my fingers, and they, they press against the outside of the ear canal. Instead of cranking one around the outside of the ear, I would put three. I couldn't get one Q-tip in my ear. My, the the Q-tip would go in and stop because my ear canals were shut. So... I don't know if I had brain swelling. I have no idea. But without the EP, I very well may have died because I, I was close to death. I was seeing shit that, that made no sense to me. Let's talk about how you're using the Earth Pulse today and, and the protocol that you recommended for my dad because that was, that was something I was using it. I got some great results. You'd even warn me. You said just be careful because you, you had been diagnosed with Lyme. I started using it and, and I slept you know, I was zonked out for two days. I could, I think I slept 10 or 12 hours and, and, then, nice. I was, and then I was good. Um, yeah. and then it was like pretty much my body was back online. It was almost like, okay, we're going to get you caught up and then, and yep. then you'll be ready to rock. And, and then when you said, Hey, let's, let's get your dad doing this. And you recommended a protocol for him. And, and this is for anyone listening that either has Parkinson's themselves or a loved one friend or family member that's dealing with it. Can you run through the protocol that you told told my dad to do, um, which produced amazing results for him in, in even just the first week. I probably told you to, um, you know, once a day, an hour through a pillow and, um, you know, at 9.6 hertz or recover mode, which is around that 10 hertz, um, you know, I, I, I call it the gold standard frequency. Um, you know, and I got to bring this up. Dr. Dennis, he talks about how, you know, he, he invented like the 10 hertz PEMF and stuff by, by cutting the universe of frequencies in half and arriving at 10 hertz. 
Man, 10 hertz has been in the literature showing much greater results than any other frequency going all the way back to Russian stuff in the 1960s. Okay, so there's a long history, if you look for it, that 10 hertz is, is the gold standard on all this stuff, electric or magnetic, you know, and, and why, I, I think it's a natural law. I just, you know, it has nothing to do with the Schumann spectrum because there's no 10 hertz Schumann or 9.6 Schumann. It's there, it's in the spectrum, but there's no peak there. You know, the closest peak is 7.8 and 14 hertz. And 10 is in the middle of the both of them, okay? So it's very important, that frequency, for these people with neurological problems, Parkinson's, whatever, Alzheimer's, everything else. And I believe it's because of mitochondrial output, mitochondrial efficiency, which is a, a whole discussion that we haven't even you know, touched on yet. But if a person with Parkinson's can sleep comfortably at 9-6 or recover mode, which is a stepping up and down between 9-1 and 10-1 with 9-6 in the dead center, and it stays on 9-6 half the time, the other time it's floating up or floating down. If they can sleep on that, then pretty much if there's one under the pillow and one under the mattress on doing regular body stuff, you pretty much, I don't think you really need to do the daytime thing. But once a day, you do an hour and a half, two hours directly to the skull, you know, through a thin pillow, back of the head. Or, you know, if they sleep better on their side, side of the head, just try and get them to flip you know, day to day, left side one day, right side another day. And then at night, you know, whatever provides them the best sleep. Did your dad sleep okay on 9-6 or, or was he using lower frequency to sleep and then doing the 9-6 the during the day? How did, how did that work? I, I can't remember. That was like he six, was, eight months ago. He was taking the one coil and putting it at the base of his skull and then putting another one down, down by his, uh, his tailbone. Well, that's right. I said, hey, put it, yeah, with you, I said, just put it on top of the mattress and let, him, let it go into the base of his spine and into the, the, the back of his skull and, one, you know, one hour, two hours a day. Yeah, so, he, would, he would just do that before dinner. And some of, the, some of the time it was even just 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but within a week, my parents both called me because they were seeing such, such marked improvements. Yeah, I, I wish it worked that good all the time, you know. Uh, with, with the earth pulse to say straight out, look, this doesn't work for everyone, you know, some people, and, and I got to say over the period of the last, you know, I've been doing this since 2002, uh, in 2002 from May till, I don't know, 2004 when I got the write-up by Dr. Williams that kind of launched us, those first two years were with loners that I was running around Florida and videotaping people and they'd, they'd have the, the you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'd be like, look, I'll give you the system. If you let us do video, you know, a little video um, case study, and then, you know, the system is yours to keep. And that's what I would do, you know. And, and for the first year and a half, I mean, I'd sell two or three systems a month, but I'd give four of them away, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Didn't make, it wasn't a great business plan, <laughs> but, but, it, but it, you know, it got me some good videotape. And, and, and you know, I mean, basically, that's what, what attracted uh, Dr. Williams to us. You know, he gave us a, a, a most of a six or eight page write up, and um, you know, basically that launched us. We sold like a thousand systems that first six months. Very cool. How do you use your Earth Pulse? Um, every night, you know. I mean, I, I, if I if I go if I get caught away from home without it, that you know, I sleep. And 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 all my customers will tell you this. 
even without the earth pulse, you sleep better than you used to because your body, your, your brain can now reach delta even though you're being bombarded with high frequency stuff all day. So your body is able to go get to delta much easier than, than you used to be able to. Okay. How, now, how but, is that possible with, well, I ask only because if we're talking about the brain being entrained by all these high beta frequencies, if we're putting it at 9.6, we're talking about an alpha frequency, yes? Alpha, right. Now, right. How, does, how does an alpha frequency that's under your pillow and under your mattress help you to more effectively get to delta? Okay, well, here's the thing, okay, because, you know, funding these kinds of studies are, are, are difficult, um, you know, from an economic standpoint. The sonograms we did, we did using the sleep mode. No, that sonogram, that was still the analog. We put her in Delta, and uh, it was a nurse that was, worked for the sleep clinic, and she also had fibromyalgia. And so we did a somnogram on this woman, and based on her other somnograms that the doctor had done on her, she was in Delta 30 or 40% longer than she would have been. Okay, so if you set the Earth Pulse into a Delta mode, you're almost certainly getting into Delta mode far more than, you know, in terms of time lapse, than you would have been if you were sleeping on your own. But we're sleeping at 9.6. A lot of us are sleeping at 9.6. So how the hell does that work? Okay? And this brings us back to the mitochondria. I believe that we are, regardless of the fact that we would be in quote, unquote, a lighter sleep stage, that the mitochondrial effect, the, the, the production of ATP, the, the ability of, of the mitochondria to burn, to, to utilize the oxygen that's delivered to it is so much greater that it supplants the requirement for delta. Because, and this is my personal theory, the reason we need delta sleep is to sequester energy so that the other repair mechanisms can kick into gear. When you're sleeping in theta, that's REM, rapid eye movement or lighter stage of sleep, your heart rate is still elevated, your, your, your brain function is still elevated. It isn't until delta where you zero out all the, the excess energy requirement, where, where your body now has energy it can sequester for hormone production, cellular repair, detoxification, immune function, all of this stuff. What I think is going on is that the requirement to be in Delta to generate enough energy to repair more effectively, you know, at a superhuman level is happening. You don't need the Delta. I mean, I've been sleeping on this thing for 15, four, uh, 16 years, 2002, 14 years. In fact, we just passed Memorial Day, so we're, we're, into our, we're into our 16th year. But I see across the board with clients and everything else, their health improves, the pain levels go down. And, and we do this breath hold test. Have you tested your breath hold? Did you do that thing? Me, yeah, of course. Since you got yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, so where are you at with that? And, and I know you do the Wim Hof stuff and everything else, but, right. but since you got the earth pulse, what happened to your breath hold? Oh, it, it, my breath hold went up. My, it delayed the onset of fatigue in my workouts. Um, I've got 
you know, Russell's, we got my business partner, Russell one, and, um, he is, he, he hardly does static breath holds, right? He wrestled, he was all American in high school. He wrestled in college, but you know, he's 36 now. And Mm -hmm. he just started, he just did Wim Hof for the first time with me two, three weeks ago when I was in Boise. And then he hadn't done it since, right? So this is a guy that's not doing static breath holds. I go out there this past week. So now it's, again, it's two weeks after the first time he's done Wim Hof and and done any type of static breath hold. And he says, he says, Hey, he's like, I tried to do that breathing thing you taught me. And because we do, I do some variations on it that I teach my clients when we're working one-on-one. He goes, I tried to do that breathing thing you taught me. He goes, it didn't work. He goes, because I could only go for like 30 seconds. So he's like, you're going to need to come in and do it with us again. So I came in, I'm doing it with him. He broke, this is after exhaling, right? You know, when you do the static hold. With, oh, okay. With, so he, so it's a fully, a full exhale. How long can you hold your Yeah. It's basically you, you, hyper, or how long can you, and, yeah, you yeah. hyper oxygenate, which we did. And then we, you, you release, so you don't need to go to a full exhale, but you release so that there's not, you know, a lot of tension in your lungs trying to hold too big of a breath. And, um, and he broke three minutes. What? This is someone that doesn't practice static breath holds and he broke three minutes. That's amazing. Now I'm feeling like a wimp. (laughs) I felt like a wimp. I, I, I felt like a wimp watching him do it because it's like, it took me a long time to break three minutes, and I still can't do it. I mean, some days are easier than others. I mean, we we're, we see in our 90-day feedback form, you know, not everybody re- returns it, even though I've got a 10% rebate attached to the feedback form just so we can gather as much data as possible. I, you know, I went from 100 bucks to to 10%, which is, you know, if you get one of the pro models, it's, you know, 1200 bucks back. I mean, twelve, twelve, uh, hundred and twenty dollars back. I still don't get many of them back. But the average, the average for a, a, you know the the kind of breath hold we do, which is you know, take a full, you know, you oxygen load, you take a full breath, and you hold it for time. We see it go up fifty percent is a little bit on the low side to a hundred percent in ninety days. And these these are people that don't do Wim Hof, that don't do, you know, that many of them are not athletic. Some of them are, you know, maybe many of them are, but some of them are athletic. But, you know, even if they start it at two minutes, they're up to, you know, three minutes in, in 60 days, you know, and these people know that shit, man, I mean, I've been working my whole life to hold my breath for two minutes. Me, I couldn't hold my breath for, for longer. 120 was my record as a kid. In my 20s, you know, as a surfer, you go to Hawaii in the wintertime. Yeah, you want to kind of know you can hold your breath for a period of time. So, you know, you knew how as a, as a somewhat athletic kid, I always knew I could hold my breath a minute 15, a minute and 20. And the first time I did my breath hold just on a whim because I'm smoking a cigarette sitting in the car waiting for the shop to open, you know, the Florida, the repair shop. And I'm like, man, I've been smoking a lot of cigarettes lately. I, you know, I wonder how my breath hold is. And I banged out two minutes. Now, I've been on the Earth Pulse for, of course, the Earth Pulse was weaker. It, it wasn't as clean a signal. It, you know, it's gone through a lot of changes since 2004, 2003, 2004. But, you know, I'd been on the Earth Pulse for two years almost. Maybe it was a year and a half or something. And I was up to two minutes. But, but when I, once I broke two minutes, then a couple months later, I'm like, man, I should do another breath hold. Maybe I screwed up the timing of it or something. And then I was at two minutes and 15 
And I'm like, holy crap, it's going up, you know? And I, and I got to like last, or I don't know, 2006, I got to two minutes and 42 seconds. 242 is my, my all-time best. I did 232 about a year and a half ago sitting at my desk on a 30-second oxygen load, not 60, as I'd done all the other ones. So I did a 30-second breath hold to give myself, um, uh, I, I kind of like, okay, I'll only use 30 seconds because if, if this doesn't look good. Plus, I'd been poisoned, right? And I had no idea, like, you know, I felt a little bit better. My balance is still a little bit weak. I still got tinnitus in my left ear to this day from that poisoning incident. But, um, I, you know, it just, I did 232, and I'm like, shit, man, if I'd have done 60 seconds of oxygen loading, I might have cracked three minutes, you know? So I, I don't know. It gets better with time, you know? The longer you use this thing, it, you know, a decade later, I think it's still improving the overall cellular health. And this whole breath hold thing goes back to, you know, where does the oxygen get used? In the mitochondria, okay? What happens when oxygen gets to the mitochondria and it's not burned properly? Well, then you have oxidative electrons. And you need antioxidants to quench those oxidative electrons. They call it oxygen leakage. The oxygen molecules that get to the mitochondria that don't get burned in, in the oxidative phosphorylation, phosphorylation process become oxidative electrons because um, I don't believe that they get fed into the Krebs cycle. That's absence, you know, separate and apart. So what's going on, sleeping in this alpha program in theoretically lighter stages of sleep, but I don't consider it a light stage of sleep. It doesn't feel light to me, but... You know, we're, we're being entrained to alpha, and there's either float going on where you float into delta despite the fact that you're entrained to 9-6. I don't think that's right. I think what's going on is the mitochondrial production of ATP from the oxygen that's delivered to the cell and then to the mitochondria is being burned so damn efficiently that, A, your requirement for antioxidant goes down to, you know, next to nothing, uh, anti antioxidants your requirement for antioxidants is reduced to next to nothing, but it's all being turned into ATP. And so you're saying those, it's, it's improved for to, to simplify things. And please correct me if I'm misspeaking, but our the mitochondria are the little energy powerhouses in our cells that use food and oxygen to produce energy in the form of ATP. And what you're saying is the Earth pulse you believe increases our bodies, the efficiency of our mitochondria's oxygen utilization and the conversion, the, the percentage of the oxygen that is converted into ATP. That's my belief, yes. Okay, all right, cool. Be, I just wanted to... Because, be, because without practice, doing it once a week for a month and then once a month for the next two months, you know, that's not practice. I mean, I've practiced trying to get my breath hold up. You know what I mean? My whole life. And it, it doesn't move very easily, you know. You can improve your technique to increase how long you can hold your breath, your oxygen loading, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a limit to where you can go with it, you know. The Wim Hof thing, I, I'm not that knowledgeable about to be able to identify the mechanism that's going on but for the oxygen loading. But these people are not, 
you know, that's, that's something that they're not concentrating. I have to do it to get my 10% so they do it. it. You know, they're no fun. You know they're no fun. You know, I only do one, one, one a year just because I, they're not that fun. You know, they're not fun at all. You're talking about, you're um, talking about the breath holds? Yeah, the breath holds. How, you know. how do you do them? What's, so for people listening, if they want to compare their times, and um, I mean, I, I, I have fun with the static breath holds, and I think it's, it's sort of a, it's a workout and a mental challenge in and of itself. Um, that's part of the reason I was so impressed with, with Russell just coming in and, and cracking the three-minute mark um, in a couple tries. But what's, how do you do the oxygen load? Walk us through that, how long you do it, how do you do it, and then and, and anything else that's just so we have a uniform way for people to see where they fit in. I, from, from watching Wim on Joe Rogan's show, videotape, I'm watching Rogan do the, you know, him, him coaching him through the, the breath hold. Our, our breath hold test and oxygen loading is you don't want to hyperventilate. You don't want to see stars and, you know, you want to keep your, your breath, you want to keep your heart rate somewhat low and you want to just deep inhale, deep exhale. At that, at that pace? Yeah, just, just a, a normal, like, which is a lot less energetic than the Wim Hof method. Oh, you know? the Wim Hof method, you are sweating by the end. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's definitely an acute stressor on the body. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to put my, you know, I mean, that was all new to me anyway, but I wouldn't want to put my clients through that. You know what I mean? Sure. So you just get yourself sitting, get your, let your heart rate go down. You're relaxed. Then you start deep breathing and you don't want to hyperventilate. You don't want your heart rate to go up. You don't want to start seeing stars. You don't want to get dizzy because when I did the Wim Hof to try and do the exhaled uh, breath hold, which I was only able to get in a minute. By the way, the first time I did, after I saw Rogan do three minutes, his first time out, I'm like, holy crap, I can't even hold my breath for three minutes with my, with my lungs full. You know, it was just bizarre. So I tried it. I had to try it. I did get a minute, but geez, yeah, a, I mean, minute, that's a minute, three minutes. A minute is good for your first time. Um, I mean, Rogan, Rogan blew me away with that as well. But um, the, I mean, he's, he's also a very well conditioned guy, you know, he eats, he, he watches what he puts in his body. He trains really, really hard. And, um, and that all plays a role. And, and, and sure. I know you do as well. You do those things too. Um, but you, it was also your not first, to that, not, to, not to that intensity. I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm, you know, my book when it comes out will be the lazy man's guide to fitness. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I wrote? I wrote that in a PDF years ago. Um, I called it the, the lazy man's way to six pack abs. Oh, nice. That's good. <laughs> it's funny, but you got, you got the fitness one covered. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, but one minute's, one minute's good for your first round. I have people that do 20, 30 seconds their first time. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It's tough, man. You know, that, 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 um, wanting to take a breath <laughs> is like, just banging against the inside of your health. Take a breath. Take a breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, how long do you do, how long <laughs> yeah, do, you do the bad. oxygen loading? Sit. Okay, I do it. Uh, and all my clients, you can do it for thirty seconds. You can do it for forty-five. You can do it for a minute. But keep each one constant. 
Don't fluctuate it. Otherwise, you're going to blow your reading. The whole idea we're trying to see here is that the earth pose is having the effect on your cells and your oxygen metabolism that it's designed to have. Because, you know, that's our first fallback. How's your oxygen? You know, I'm not sleeping that well. Okay, that's agitation. It's too strong for you. Or we got to play with the frequency. But how's your breath hold? And hopefully they've done it. And that's gone down. Okay, that's not a good sign. All right, let's try this a little bit lighter. I want you to do a breath hold in a week. If it's still down from your baseline, we immediately do a, a product return, you know, with, you know, full refund. And I, I refund their shipping. When, yeah. when, when your breath hold goes down... Man, just get us back to the system and I'll make you whole again. When somebody's got a health challenge like, like Lyme or something, you know, I, really with Lyme, what I tell them, return it, invest the money in the Beck protocol and go through that for 45 days and that works for you, then you know I know what I'm talking about and then you come back to me and get an earth pulse and you'll love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times it does come down to just managing those those low-level chronic infections in the body and, and, and giving your immune system a chance to do its job. Exactly. But, but with Lyme, there's, there's, there's no there, – unless you somehow lower the, the, the load of, you know, spirochettes or what, whatever. You know, I've just heard too – one of the reasons a lot of people don't test positive for Lyme is that the Lyme – I, I just read this within the last week that Lyme can look like a number of different things. So they're looking for the, for the spirochettes, but it's not in the spirochette form. So it goes undetected, you know? So mm-hmm. people that think, okay, well, maybe Lyme is what's wrong with me. And then they get a neck, then they get the wrong, you know, they get the wrong, oh, you don't have Lyme. Okay. So I don't have Lyme, but it's still got the same problems. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know, look, let's call a spade a spade. It's a freaking weaponized uh, bio. It's a bio weapon, you know? We've had ticks on planet Earth for eons, right? Ticks, deer ticks, whatever. They've been on the planet forever. How all of a sudden they become so toxic? Well, part of one of, one of my theories and what I'm seeing in working with clients is I've had the, the two most recent clients that came into our program and wanted to work with me to have help with Lyme. I can tell you that both of them are back near a hundred percent. And what did you what did you do for them? Well, I can tell you what I didn't do. In in for neither of them did I follow the traditional Lyme protocols. Okay, I, I wasn't I wasn't doing herbal antibiotics, and I wasn't. You know, we played around with it, but neither of them, as I suspected, neither of them really responded well to them. You know, they were doing they were doing the the nutrametics and and you know the stuff that is in all of the published literature online and they just weren't responding and I've been finding I don't think I don't think that just because someone has tested positive for Lyme that it is the Lyme that's causing their symptoms. Yeah, well I mean because you can get exposed to Lyme and your body, you know, was able to handle it and it's either a, you know, in a very hidden away place or it's inactive or or it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's been a pain, a thorn in my side since 2002 when we first started you know using this on people yeah um but i think and it's getting it and it and it's getting and the the incidence is you know maybe 10 times greater than it was 12 years 14 years ago i've got a client in the bahamas my buddy's mom swears by the earth pulse chronic fatigue blah 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 they've got a they've got an equestrian center in the bahamas where where they take people on on the beach on the horses you know horseback riding. 
Yeah. And she, she's she's one that, with that problem. So yeah. yeah, it's a very possibility. It's a you know, yeah, animal to person transfer. Why? Why? Uh, what do you think would happen if someone were to use the Earth Pulse at seven point eight? Um, well, with the manual mode that we've got now, so people can dial it into seven point eight. Um, yeah. You know, some people really resonate with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got no problem with it. Whatever works for you. You know, that's why we always say, look, if you don't sleep during that initial daytime session, the first session that you do, you don't lose consciousness or lucid dream or or bang on sleep. Then, then don't even try sleeping on 9.6 at night. You know, go to the Delta program. Sleep good for a week before we start experimenting with higher frequencies. So I always like, you know, whatever works for the person to get the best sleep experience, that's what they should use. Because, I mean, for real, the difference between three is sleeping in Delta at night or sleeping in recover mode, man, I still see people, their strength you know, peak strength go up twenty percent. The, the 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 number of reps they can do at their old resistance level, it's up forty percent. So I think we're splitting hairs when we get to where you know, like nine point six is the gold standard or ten hertz is the gold standard. I I mean, we still see phenomenal sports performance for with people that are sleeping in the delta mode. So it's not as critical as I might make it sound. You what know? what's but the not, label not, that you have for delta mode on there? Uh, well, there's no label. It would be sleep three. Sleep three. Yeah. Sleep three is the Delta program. And then sleep easy starts at nine, six and then at 15 minutes, it falls off a cliff. It it just runs down to three Hertz over a period of 60 seconds. It slows down to three and then it runs in Delta all night, you know? So our, our sleep mode programs, they scan in one tenth Hertz frequency so it's a very smooth transition as it scans down or steps down and then steps back up again and then in the morning from from when it gets to the because all of these sleep programs they go down to delta you know sleep one it it goes as high as theta five hertz and then back down to one hertz and then up to five and it does four cycles during the night and then and then it goes to the wake-up phase you like the wake-up phase i mean once you get used to how good the wake-up phase works, you, you usually will take the time to set the timer so that it, it does wake you up at the right time. I, I've been running it since you recommended uh, 9.6, manual mode, 9.6, and then I set, if I'm going to be in bed for, say, eight hours, I'll set, I'll set it to run for seven hours and 45 minutes. Yep, and then, and then when it gets to the alert mode, we have this buffer so that for an hour, it's pumping out for 14 14.1 hertz, which is a Schumann wave. Um, that's what we top out at. And um, it, it nags you for an hour not to sleep through it. Because <laughs> the last model, the V4s, when it got to the alert, it's, it shut. as soon as it hit 14.1, it shut down. And if you weren't awake, man, you'd go back into the deepest sleep <laughs> you've ever experienced and when you wake up you all you want to do is reset the machine and go back to sleep again <laughs> <laughs> yeah um before we tell people where where they could pick up an earth pulse and all of that fun stuff and learn more about you just to clarify for the folks that you know we started off this this conversation we were talking about electromagnetic fields and why they're bad 
And then we've ended the conversation with all of the health benefits of pulsed electromagnetic fields as, you know, as they're experienced in the Earth pulse. Can you just decipher the difference between the two for someone that's scratching their head right now? Yeah, well, EMF, right, <clears throat> electromagnetic fields, EMFs, um, generally are power frequency and above. If it's, an, if it's an electric appliance, it's generating a 50 or 60 hertz field. If it's, a, if it's a radio frequency device, then you're up in gigahertz land. Gigahertz land. Now, they, they do pulse those high-frequency signals, you know, and, and from, what I've, I've, uh, from what I gather, a lot of cell phones are pulsed at 7 and 10 hertz. And maybe they do that to mitigate the biological effects of the RF. They figure, okay, well, we can mitigate some of the bad effects by, by using a friendly a, a pulse at a friendly frequency and then fill that gap with the with, with nothing and then when the pulse comes on it's it's rf again is that is that something that like apple does with the iphone Ooh, i think most cellular communication uses pulses of rf and i remember reading seven hertz eight hertz ten hertz might be seven and ten might be just seven you know a lot of those elf towers those high elf towers those things are broadcasting you know seven hertz you know just trying to put everybody's sleep dummy down so you're you know well a lot of the brain fog that people are experiencing you know may not really be a malfunction of their system your, your system is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing when exposed to this stuff you know but, um, you know, here, here's Mac. Talk about Macs because you have one and I have one. My understanding, my friend shows up here with a new MacBook Pro. He came to visit me in India, brought me a couple of surfboards from Florida. You were trying to get my, my spare doggle, USB uh, modem, to, to connect on his computer, and we can't get it to work. We don't understand why. So we bring it into the, to the shop. And the guy says, oh, you're, well, his wireless is not turned on. I'm like, why does his wireless have to be turned on to be able to use the doggle? He says, well, the, the new Macs, you can't connect a USB doggle. It can only communicate. The USB port is not a data port. It's a power port. And you have to have your Wi-Fi turned on, and then it will communicate to the modem and exchange data. And I'm like, are you telling me that if I bought a brand-new MacBook, Pro, I wouldn't just be using a cellular doggle on a cable that's six foot long. I'd have to sit in front of a Wi-Fi turned on at the same time, like my, my laptop Wi-Fi. And the guy's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, this, this MacBook Pro I've got is five years old. And when they came out with just like one port, the very first of the new MacBook Pros that they came out with a couple, two or three years ago. They only had one port, and enough people bitched and moaned that they added more ports. But they force you, if you're not on a cable modem, to have your Wi-Fi turned on. And and that, to me, is, is murder because a Wi-Fi is not healthy. If you've got kids in a school that's Wi-Fi, and they, that's a Wi-Fi school, and they sit in a classroom in the middle of 6 or 10 or 20 Wi-Fi enabled computers. If it's a girl, her eggs are being fried with a, with a high enough dose of radiation that after 15 years of grade school, elementary school, high school, in a Wi-Fi classroom, their birth defect 
incidents and and or developmental defect incidents is going to go through the roof. There's a guy, and we're on this EMF subject, um, on YouTube, and I had his name, and now I just spaced it out. Um, I'll think of it in a minute. Barry Trower, B-A-R-R-I-E, um, last name Trower, T-R-O-W-E-R, Barry Trower. He, he was a, um, a radio free, a, an um, a microwave weapons specialist for the Royal Navy. And this guy is out beating the, beating the concrete, trying to tell the world how a Wi-Fi school is going to give you screwed up grandkids. If you got your kid in a Wi-Fi school, by the time they get out of school and are ready to have kids, their eggs are going to be fried. And he said that we know from the levels of radiation that affected the progeny of the test subjects that we got 58, 50 some odd percent birth defects or developmental disorders. Okay. I just saw a thing yesterday about, or this week, about over 50% of U.S. kids, kids, not teenagers, over 50% of kids are struggling with one of 20 chronic illnesses which could be um, allergies or, you know, or, or worse, and or developmental disorders all the way to, you know, from ADD to uh, dyslexia to full-blown um, autism, okay? So, you know, vaccines, between vaccines and RF exposure, they're cutting their life cycle, you know. Whether you believe in the 90% depopulation plan or not, you know, people could think I'm crazy, do a little bit of research, and you make up your own minds. Seems to be the perfect vehicle to cut the life cycle, to, mm. to, to, to remove an entire several, two or three generations of childbearing people from having healthy, vibrant, intelligent children. It's scary, dude. It's, you know, I don't want to live in that world, I'll, although I'll end up seeing it. There, you know, unless they kill me before that happens. There, there are a lot of, you know, you, we're seeing things like the early development of breasts in young girls. Yeah. Um, girls getting their periods younger and younger. When I talk about my background with with losing my sex drive and how that affected me and getting it back, it's it's at that point that so many guys have opened up to me about this being something that they struggle with. You hear about marriages where the couples stop having sex and, 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 and then, and yet when some of these, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree or agree. I'm just saying that there's a lot of evidence that things are pretty messed up. And there are a lot of things that should make us scratch our head that are taking place that, uh, that would indicate that we're, we're not getting more healthy with the inclusion of, additional technology in our lives. If anything, it's probably having the opposite effect. And then yep. you couple that with a decreased connection to the natural world, which provides those negative ions, those negative mm -hmm. electrons that help that help reestablish electromagnetic body uh, balance in our body and and act as as natural antioxidants. And you've got a recipe for disaster, whatever the cause is. Oh, yeah, is. for sure, for sure, man. And, and it, it really, it really doesn't matter if it's something that was done to us intentionally or unintentionally. If it's, hey, we created this piece of technology that we thought would be helpful, and oh wow, it turns out that 
It has all of these unwanted health consequences, but by this point, it's a billion dollar industry and we need to, you know, it's, it's, it's too lucrative not to find ways to create studies that support its safety. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure, man. You know, and we, we go, we go back to that, uh, you know, those dead doctors, this whole thing started in June last year when, when they killed Dr. Bradstreet, who was about ready to release a study that he and the other doctor, which was the second one to go and she, you know, she, she died from uh, 20 ball peen hammer strikes to the head and face, you know, talk You're, about, a, talk uh, about a grisly way to go. Can you, can uh, you talk about these doctors for, for the people that I'm, I've, I've had it brought to my attention a few different times that there's been a, a pretty uh, a pretty significant number of physicians and alternative medicine practitioners who have gone missing or passed away in the past year or two. Can, can you elaborate on this and what's going on? Yeah, okay. Well, it started with Bradstreet. He and his research uh, partner, who's another alternative medical doctor, Bradstreet, as an autistic kid and swore it was due to the vaccines. So they've been studying this for years and his kids have made good progress. They were using this GM, uh, GCMAF, which is a macrophage activating protein. Um, and the macrophages are like, the, I, I believe the white blood cells that, that go like the blob through your body and they find the, the right. things that aren't supposed to be there and kill it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, he linked the vaccines. He's got all these autistic kids that are testing very high levels of, of nagalase. Nagalase is a protein that is created by cancer cells. He says these kids clearly don't have cancer. Where's the nagalase coming from? They track it to the vaccines, that the vaccines have the nagalase in, in the vaccine as a, I don't know, unlisted um, component. And the nagalase is shutting down the immune systems of these kids. So he starts treating them with GCMAF, which isn't the, the, the big problem. You know, although the, the GCMAF was working on cancer victims and on, on autism and, and a, a bunch of other things. So they killed him. They killed his research partner. The, the last death. Well, how do, we, how, do we know, how do we know this? Like, you know, did he go missing? How did he die? He, okay, he goes to. Okay, if somebody wants to read all the backstory on this, go to Health Nut News. Uh, Aaron something or other. She's married to Mercola. Okay, so she's uh, she's Mercola's wife. She's got her own health site. She doesn't. Um, this no, this doesn't. Health Nut News is that's Mercola's wife. This Aaron Elizabeth. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> and. And because, because of the depth of, that Mercola is into this industry, they're friends with a lot of these people. So they knew Bradstreet, and they knew the, the other lady, the redhead that was number two to go. Just a month or uh, two months ago, just before I left, no, I guess it's three because I've been in India three months, just before I left Mauritius, they killed Bradstreet's personal assistant. They found her dead in her home. Okay, so they're... They've gotten to a point where they don't just try and produce bogus studies anymore. Now they're just going to kill you. Oh, you came out with, you, oh, you found us out. You found out we got nagalase in the vaccines to kill these kids' immune systems so that they can't have natural, normal lives and, and kids and, you know, um, and, and a nice life. Uh, we're going to just take them out. 
rather than have that study get published. And, and they, they, they kept that study from being published, and then they killed the assistant that probably had the last copies of the stuff that was on Bradstreet's computer. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you know, just yesterday I was reading something, two, two people, two whistleblowers on, of the EPA found dead. Both of them were going to whistleblow, like, in court or, or in Washington, like, on Tuesday – and they found them dead on the previous Thursday or Friday. You know, they're just, they're on a killing spree, man. Why, you know, why you, are these you, things not in the news? Because the news is owned by the same group of people that's trying to kill everybody. You know, they, they've built the planet. They built all the in infrastructure. They've used the, the, you know, the worker slaves for everything that the worker slaves are good for. Now they're going to automate everything and reduce the need for, for uh, human resources and, you know, in, enjoy the planet with, you know, 10% of the population that's here now and turn it into an eco-village. So this is the article on, on Health Nut News. It says, famous autism researcher and doctor Jeff Bradstreet, MD, died of alleged, and I quote, self-inflicted gunshot wound, end quote. To the chest. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and immediately, it, when, when the cops I mean, it's not funny. Ruled, it's not funny that he's passed away. It's funny. The self-inflicted gunshot wound to the chest. Yeah, okay. that's the way you would do it, right? If you yeah. were going to kill yourself, wouldn't you shoot yourself in the chest? And then update. This was this is as of June twenty third, two thousand fifteen. So it's been a year. There yeah, it was a year. But the killing's still going on. Yeah, back then there were already five missing doctors, four holistic yep. and one osteopath from the same region with five more missing, and that was all within under a month. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. And and all those missing ones eventually showed up dead. So, in places in places that that had been thoroughly searched previously. That so, means they were killed, taken away and then dropped back off. So 10 10 of these practitioners went missing within a month and how many did you say it's at now it's over 40 people not not all of them doctors some are researchers that one poor chick that was the personal assistant to brad uh, brad street yeah and she had just said to aaron if you if you go through that stuff you listen to the videos she had wanted to stop by to have a chat because they lived in in the same somewhat close location and she Aaron didn't have time to see her, and then, you know, she had said when they talked on the phone that, hey, if something happens to me, it was no accident, and then she shows up dead. Are you concerned for your own well-being? Dude, I, I, I'm pretty sure I survived two hits on me already. You know, the one was the poisoning. I just met with a guy whose wife worked at uh, the Russian embassy and had a line right into the, the Kremlin. Her uncle used to have lunch with Putin. And then three hours later, I'm, 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 my head, I thought, was going to explode and roll down the street. And then when I was up at Yale doing that study in New, ha New Haven, I decided to leave on an early Sunday morning for my meeting on Monday versus drive all night Sunday night and get there for my Monday meeting. I get pulled over in Pennsylvania, someone in a vehicle matching my description, which is a green SUV with Florida tags. In South Haven, New, uh, uh, New Haven, South Haven, whatever, right there on the 95 southbound, blew away the, the head of the, 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 the South Connecticut chapter of the 
Hell's Angels Biker Club. Shot him on the highway, day, daylight, lots of, you know, I mean, the, the guy was on a bike and all the people are riding behind him, right? Car passes by, they shoot him, he's dead. Now, had I not left at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning, my car was parked right on Long Island Sound, two and a half blocks from the biker bar. I never lasted the day. I'd have been dragged out of the house and shot or burned to death or stabbed to death, whatever. I was pulled over in Pennsylvania. The guy says to me, he goes, you've been to Connecticut lately? I'm thinking to myself, what kind of question is that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I just left Connecticut at 6 o'clock this morning. I, I crossed the, the bridge into New York City like, I don't know, 6 6.45. He looks at his watch. He's like, okay, well, yeah, reasonably you could never have made it here by now. He says, you're not going back to Connecticut, are you? I go, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff in Connecticut. He goes, if you drive this truck into Connecticut, into New Jersey, is that every every Hell's Angel between every Hell's Angel in the Northeast is looking for your vehicle? He says you'll never get out alive. And I think that that was the concept, and that poor sap got shot in the chest and lost his life because they were going to try and set me up for it. I mean, come on, how many green SUVs with floor, late model SUVs with Florida tags are in New Haven, Connecticut, in any one particular day? Which would have been, you know, a good reason to kill me. If I was a biker and I saw the truck, I would figure for sure that's the, the sucker that killed him. And I just slit his throat yeah. if I was a, a hell angel guy, you know. Right, right. That shoots, shoots first and asks questions later. So I think that was the first attempt. That's pretty interesting. You know, I, could just, I, I might just be paranoid, but I, I don't believe in coincidences. You know, that's the thing. Well, that's, it's like, I mean, so, so it's... There's stati statistical probabilities that can be applied to that situation. It, yeah. it could be one of those, I'm just throwing out numbers, one in a million things. Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe about that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like that. Yeah. one in a hundred thousand, maybe. Yeah, it, it's that's that's definitely interesting. So, uh, how many how many of these holistic practitioners are now missing that you know of? Well, I, I, from from what I can tell, in the the latest stuff is none of them are missing. They're all dead. Okay. And they might have a couple. They may. They might have a couple bodies that haven't shown up yet. But you know, besides a couple, all of them are either you know obvious murders or they've been suicided. What? 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 Who? As I like to say, as I like to say, Vince Foster. <laughs> <laughs> who or what do you think is behind this? I mean, that. Come it, on, it, you, it, come on! You have to ask me that. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, I, I don't want to take it too far because I don't want to add uh, add add my name to this list. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd that's a that's a list I'd prefer to stay off. Yeah, um, yeah, too. <laughs> hey, you know, you, you got the real deal here. You know, everything everything is as it is. I agree. You're just you're in India. I'm in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. I'm an easier I'm, target. I'm at the end of the dude. Where I'm at, I'm at the end of the world. And I, I, and I chose this place because of in India, the water's blue all the time, which is hard to find. There's surf all the time. It's the best kept surf secret in, in surf land. I mean, I was here for three months. You know, I was gone a week and then back again, gone a, a, 10 days back again. I'd never seen it unsurfable. There's always waves here. South, south swell from the Indian Ocean always comes in. They don't use pesticide. Every farmer farms using Traditional cow dung, chicken dung, you know, whatever. Um, I drink fresh milk every day. 
from the goat next door or the cow once the cow's, uh, you know, weaned or for calf. So you're drinking, we're, when you say fresh milk, we're talking raw milk. It's non-pasteurized, non-homogenized, just straight from, straight from the teat. From the udder to the, to the can to my front door. And most of the time I drink half of it room temperature, you know, because it doesn't keep very well unless you put it in the fridge. But the reason I'm on this, on this raw milk kick is because colostrum and other components in the milk, I'm not a biochemist, so I'm not exactly sure, have the effect that GCMAF has on the macrophages. There, it's it's pro-immune system, and gee, do you think maybe that's why the feds are so adamant about drinking pasteurized milk, and why they made such a big stink out of unprocessed, unhomogenized dairy products? You think? Why why would the feds want us to have poor immune function? Because oh, I got to watch my language. The politicians in Washington, D.C., 95 out of 100, are only interested in enriching themselves. They couldn't give a rat's ass about you, your family, your dog, nothing. Okay, So they've made these laws, and they hide behind, okay, the, 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 the most, uh, I don't know, the theory that's that's most widely used is they're protecting the dairy industry. I say that's BS. It has nothing to do with protecting the dairy industry. It has to do with raw milk. Uh, is it promotes a healthy immune system. I'm not saying you got to drink raw milk like every day, like I'm drinking it, but. They know that it's going to have a health benefit, and they want you on pharmaceuticals and drugging yourself every day and making as much money for big pharma as they can because they owned by hey, – big pharma is just like the oil industry, even more powerful than the oil industry, and they've got their fingers in everything, and they don't want you healthy. It's plain. It's, it's simple. It's, so, it, it's like how people don't get it. I and you're saying it all comes down to, so, I mean, many of us have, have heard the same, you know, and you see the FDA referring to the pharmaceutical industry and as, as their clients, their quote unquote clients mm-hmm. and, and the pharmaceutical. Yeah, the FDA is their lapdog. You know, if the FDA says something's good for you, run away, whatever it is, run away from it. You know, I mean, it's, there, it's, it's a food and death administration. So, so the FDA, the FDA, it, with a lot of this, when people are like, "All right, all right, Paul, this is starting to sound like a lot of conspiracy. It doesn't make any sense." And you're saying it's pretty simple. It's not that complicated. It comes down to money. A lot of people mm-hmm. have, 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 you know, we know that the FDA refers to the pharmaceutical industry as their clients, and there are many forms of kickbacks that that are allowed. Uh, some of them, I mean, some of them have, have been blatant bribery that have, mm-hmm. has been, um, you know, there's, it's been whistleblown by third party uh, entities. But then there's a lot that, you know, if, if 
if you look at the bylaws, there's ways that money can be exchanged for, you know, if you want, if you want a drug that's to be approved quicker, you can pay, uh, you know, an exp expedited fee and things like that. And, um, and many of these examples, you're saying it all comes down to money. Essentially, if there are more things out there that are making us less healthy, like the smart meters, like some of these other examples that, that we've discussed, then that's more people that are going to need to rely on pharmaceuticals and that's more money going to these clients. And therefore, that is why these, some of these deaths that interrupt that process, that blow the whistle on some of these things are mm -hmm. taking place. Absolutely. You know, it's hidden in plain sight. They want to kill 90% of the population off. So this is a way that they can milk them of all the money and kill them at the same time. Make them unhealthy, make them a, a lifetime customer, and see to it that, I mean, look at all these new drugs that are out, right? Are there any studies that show that they're safe to take for even 10 years, let alone two years? Those studies last um, six months or yeah. a year, and no studies to say, hey, okay, these people that are going to be taking this drug, a lot of them are going to take these other drugs, so let's see what happens if we mix these drugs together, what's going to happen to these people. None of that happens. No, no, no. Right. That's too complicated. There's not enough money to do those studies. Right. So we've, we've talked know. about smart meters. We've talked about vaccines. I want to I also just provide some resources for people to do their own research. I'm not saying to take, to take what you're sharing at face value. There's, there are some books where you can do the reading and decide for yourself. There's, there's one called The Vaccine Book by Robert W. Sears. There's The Vaccine Epidemic, How Corporate Greed, Bias Science, and Coercive Government Threaten Our Human Rights. That's by Louise Kuo, K-U-O, um, yeah. Habakus, H-A-B-A-K-U-S. There's, and then there's another one called Dissolving Illusions, and that's by Suzanne Humphreys. I haven't done the research, I can't say, but I can point to some of these resources because they've been suggested to me. If you have a child and you are trying to decide whether or not that a vaccine makes sense for your child, just do the research because there can be potential consequences, right? Yeah, they, there can be potential short-term consequences, but the long-term consequences are your kid's going to end up with one of 20 chronic illnesses, may, may perhaps some other form of, you know, less intensive attention, uh, uh, less intensive developmental disorder like ADD, you know, if it's not full-blown autism. You know, I mean, how can half, with, with all the progress we've made in technology and trauma surgery and things of this nature, I, I have tremendous respect for trauma surgeons, okay? Tremendous respect for those guys. Amazing, right? But your basic guy that's, you know, writing prescriptions, oof. even doctors that come to me that are open to using the earth pulse on themselves, they have, I don't know what's wrong with them, man. It's like they, they, they can't read directions or they can't, they're, they're, not, they're definitely not the sharpest knife in the drawer, you know? So how they got through medical school and everything else, no clue. But I mean, my doc, my dad never went to the doctor. And I grew up in that house, and I'm the same way. I don't like going to the doctor. Uh, you know, whatever it is, I'll live with it, take care of it myself. I'll figure out a way around it. First thing he's going to do is whip out that prescription pad, and that's when you should run. They tried to put me on statins. 
in uh, 2002. I just come out with the Earth Pulse. Uh, had any girlfriends? She wanted me to get an HIV test. I'm like, sure, no problem. So I go, oh, your cholesterol's high. I, I'll write you a prescription for statins. I said, oh, oh, oh no way, doc. I said, just give me the HIV test. I want to hear nothing else. I was out of there. What are some of the other? We, so we've talked about the smart meters. We've talked about vaccines. What are if there's just you know one or two more that people want to do their research on in order to protect their health? What would you suggest? Oh, man, there's, they, they don't even have to read. They don't have to buy a book. Just, you know, watch some videos. Bought, you know, that was, uh, had free play. Bought, B-O-U-G-H-T, bought. That's a, that's a good one about, like, I, it might be cancer. It might be the whole industry. Is that, you know? a, is that a DVD? Yeah, yeah. It's a DVD or, you know, sometimes it goes through a cycle where you can get a free viewing of it, you know. Mm. Hopefully you'll buy a DVD and give away copies or something. You can find that one. There's, there, I was just on YouTube the last couple of days watching vaccine stuff. Uh, there's tons of videos on YouTube. They don't have to get a book and read. They just listen, make some notes, then do some research. And anything else that they, that should be on our radars, you know, to protect ourselves from besides the or the vaccines and the smart meters? Yeah, here's one that goes back. Guy that had a bunch of of uh, kidney stones. Well, a doctor told me I'm not drinking enough water. I'm like, you know. Said I'm on this water kick lately. Pink Himalayan salt and water. You know, there's a study out there, like 1,700 or 2,800 adults between 75 and 90, whatever. They they monitored this these 20 some odd hundred people, uh, yeah, 2,000 some odd people, and they found that the mortality rate was lowest in the higher salt intakes. So, and that's just table salt and salt that's in the food and stuff. They found the highest death rate in people that let, ate less than three grams of salt and the lowest death rate in people that had more than 10 grams of salt. And they attributed this to being better hydrated. Everybody is, is dehydrated. And everybody has been told since even I was a child in the 1960s, you want to lower your salt intake. So they come up with this scam, salt's no good for you causes high blood pressure. There are studies that show that higher salt in- intake, if it's good salt, not iodized Morton table salt, not to stab Morton in the back, you know, there's a lot of different table salts, but table salt's no good. You know, it's like processed sugar. So get good salt and, and use it liberally so that you drink a lot of water. You know, I'm drinking like four or five liters a day of water and I'm, I'm taking a pinch of, of, uh, of Himalayan sea salt and throwing it under my tongue about 15 times a day. And it keeps me plenty thirsty, and drinking that bottle of water is no problem. Now, and But you're also drinking water that does not contain, it's, it hasn't been fluoridated, it doesn't contain chlorine, it, doesn't, it hasn't been shown to have two or 300 plus different chemicals in it, which, yeah. is, which is the case in some, in some U.S. municipalities and their water supply. The person that's, that drinks water out of the tap has got some serious mental problems. Saying because they're engaged in that behavior or because of what's in tap water or both? Because, because of God knows what's in the tap water. You, you know, if it's a fluoridated city, then you know you've got fluoridation. But what else is in there? Right. You know? I haven't drank tap water probably. And, well, actually, when I moved to Mauritius, I found that the tap water tasted good and it didn't have any chlorine taste in it. So I was drinking the tap water until I bumped into the, the water guys out 
Yeah, I've got this little organic farm thing, startup thing we got up in the hills. And the water, we were just happened to be screwing around down by the pumping station, and the water guys came. So I asked him, does Mauritius fluoridate their water? He's like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. I've been drinking this water for four to five months. So I stopped drinking the tap water. I ordered a, a ProPure. I, in the bottom of the ProPure, I put some magnesium, and I put some uh, organic sulfur, because we're all sulfur deficient as well because of the chemical fertilizers. Unless you eat food that's all grown organically, you're sulfur deficient. Wait, and you, you may still you be sulfur. sulfur. Are you talking about like MSM? I, you know, from, from what I know from, from the guy that schooled me on sulfur, MSM is not organic sulfur. It's very similar, and it may have a lot of the same effects, but it is not the same thing. So you get the organic sulfur flakes or crystals, and, you know, I put a, a couple of uh, tablespoons in the bottom of the ProPure. I put the water in the ProPure, and, and that way I get my, my magnesium and my sulfur and from my water, regardless of whether I'm drinking tea or, or just, you know, a bottle of water or what. So, yeah, pure water, man, is the most important thing for you. Uh, I, I should have – I know enough now that, I mean, I should have a microcluster unit or something, you know, Um. I've, I've read that you can go too alkaline, you know, so it's, it's not like I want an alkaline water maker. I just I want micro-clustered water. When you're talking about micro-cluster, are you talking about structured water? Yes, exactly. Okay. And that's yeah. – what, what units are you familiar with? I have, I have the portable by Natural Action Technologies that runs it through what, what kind of looks like some – it has a vortexing effect. On, nice. on, on the water and, and helps microcluster that way. I've even used a simple wine aerator, which when mm. you pour through it, it, it of course adds oxygen, but it, it spins the water in a vortex. What, mm -hmm. what, what have you looked at as a microclustering device? Um, I'm totally clueless. Oh, okay. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I, ju I just know they're heavy and they don't travel well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think hydration proper hydration is vital for health but there's a big difference between hydrating properly with tap water from your local municipality and hydrating with clean water from an aquifer deep within the earth that's been stored in a glass bottle yeah absolutely absolutely right i've got a bottle in storage of course it's in plastic and i, I wouldn't drink it but my, my buddy was drilling for for water on his property in death valley okay and he's just about ready to give up because he was down about 150 feet or something. All of a sudden, he, find, they, he struck water. So he, he sent it to the U.S. Ge Geological Society to have it analyzed. They said it was water from the last ice age. So immediately, we set to work on how we could set up a bottling plant out there. And then we hear back from the EPA that that, that water is part of the California aquifer, and blah, 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 and that even though it was his property and a well there and, and nobody else was drinking it, we, can, we couldn't do any commercial sales of that water. We couldn't take it for sale. He could use it as much as he needed for personal use on his little farm, but that was it. 10,000, 20,000-year-old water. That was good. When, 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 when I was in Vegas and he brought that to me in a glass bottle, it was freaking awesome. Then when he sent it to me on the East Coast a few years later, it was in a uh, like a four, a two, two, two and a half gallon jug, but it was plastic. So I never drank it, but that was good water. I use the Earth Pulse. 
I, everything that I examined for the book, I did with no financial incentive. You and right. I, you, there, was, there was no exchange of money or anything. You said, try it out, see what you think. I sleep on this every single day. I, took it, I take it with me when I travel. And, the, and I didn't even sign up as you know, an affiliate partner with you until after I'd been using this thing for months and had it vetted. And and my clients started buying it, and then it's then it's just it's it's just bad business if you're recommending something to people that you believe in. They're buying it because of your recommendation, and if you don't have an affiliate link, and they're saying they're looking at me going, "Hey, yeah, send me a link to it," and I'm not putting sending, and I, I haven't set <laughs> yeah. up an affiliate. Link, then I'm just being stupid and flushing money down the drain. And anyone in that same position would do the same thing, you know? Right. Like, if, if if someone's if someone's a skeptic and they're like, oh, Anthony's just doing this for money. I mean, I can't change your mind in that regard, but I can tell you that you know you and I can both say here that that I tried this with no incentive. I was researching it for the book. I now use it every single day. It's changed my life. I use it. I, I, my, you know, my dad with Parkinson's, who I would not guinea pig anything with, and and he's he's invested in one and is using it. And, uh, and then, so from that point, then I said, all right, Paul, can you have someone set me up with an affiliate link? Just so when I do recommend it, I can, I have something to send people. Yep. Cool. So if, if people, you know, full disclosure, if people want to check it out and they want to, you know, they found this helpful and they want to use our link, that's awesome. If they don't, uh, if they want to check it out and use a different link, that is awesome too. I don't care either way. Um, but if they do want to use our link, that is uh, biohackingsecrets.com forward slash earthpulse, E-A-R-T-H-P-U-L-S-E. That's just biohackingsecrets.com forward slash earthpulse. And then Paul, for people that want to stay up to date with you and, and what you're working on, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the, 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 the portal we've got, earthpulse.net, same spot, same space we've had since 2002. Um, I was working on that the night I filed my patent document. Same spot, huge site, lots of research. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I, I call it the, the biggest PEMF resource on the net because it is, basically. Um, those bibliographies have got thousands of studies in them, um, and they're organized by disorder, so you can do a little research. You know, we... we all we, all we claim is that if it doesn't work, we don't care why or what it is you're trying to accomplish. If it doesn't work to your satisfaction, you just return it. I've got no problem with that. And our return rate up until a few months ago was uh, 4.5%. I haven't, I haven't looked at it lately. We did a, a radio promo, which gets a lot of people that, that doesn't really they, they don't do their homework very well. and. So we had some early washouts with that. I might be up around 5% right now due to that last show that we did. We sold a ton of machines. It was good. But um, I've never seen so many people with agitation before. It's like, God, what's going on in the U.S., man? You know, I had people starting with 10%. <laughs> you know? Is that, is that what you do? So if someone, if someone, I mean, I experienced agitation, and then I just called you, and you said, um, that was when you told me to, to put it on 9.6 and turn the intensity down. I think that's what yep. you – and I think I started yep. at 50% and then I was like, oh, okay, I felt good waking yeah, up. Yeah, and you're not, a, you're not a small guy either. I mean, you're, you know, you're over six feet tall, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm 200, 210 pounds, 6'2". Yeah. I mean, my mom, 98 pounds when, in 2002 with a much weaker system, 
she couldn't sleep unless I had the, the coil under her mattress down by her knees. And now, 14 years later, she, you know, she's never, she hasn't taken a sleeping pill in, in, in 14 years. Um, and she has two magnets, one under her, the base of her spine, and one, she sleeps with two or three pillows, even though I tell her that's not healthy. Um, one is on top of the bed with two or three pillows on top of it. So, and running it at uh, 70%. She doesn't go to, to 100. It boots at 70, approximately the output of our version four systems. But yeah, people are getting a little bit crazy back there. You know, I have to tell you, I've, I've never seen eight so many limes, lime people. And I've never seen so many people that have to start at like 20, 30%. I was surprised you needed to start at 50. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just a little bit, uh, and then I was waking up a little bit groggy, but then once I, once I went down and let my body build up, um, I was good. Now I have noticed once, once, once you, once you sleep off the sleep deficit, the grogginess goes, the other key is you want that thing to go to alert mode about 15 minutes before you wake so that it's pumping that alert mode for 15 minutes before your alarm goes off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and then you can hit your snooze and, and, you know, or if you, if you don't live on a schedule, you know, you just wait until you're ready to get up. I, I rarely ever sleep through the shutdown, although I still, I'll still sleep through it. You know, I don't know how, but I love to sleep. That's the one thing my dad always used to tell me. He says, God, that kid can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I absolutely love my sleep. And a few months of too much work, it allows you to develop a greater appreciation for the time that you get to lay in bed and rest your rest your noggin. Well, Paul, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I had a blast. I, I think that there's a ton of information here that can that can really help people. And like we say with everything, don't you don't need to take anything at face value. This is just to to help inform you because this is about us taking back our health, taking back the responsibility for our health because it's no one else's responsibility but our own. And if you put your health and well-being in, into someone else's hands and you expect them to care more about you than you do, you're setting yourself up for, for failure. So do your research, stay informed. Be willing to intelligently experiment and run run different tests to see what feels good for you. Because what feels good is a pretty accurate indicator of what is what what is having health promoting benefits in your body. Anything that you'd add to that, Paul? Yeah, I, I remember one quote. I can't remember who said it, but it says it said, "Your brain is the best doctor your body has ever had." I like that. So, yeah. So do your research. Get educated, ask questions, and uh, may the force be with you. <laughs> well, thank you, my brother. It was a pleasure as always. I, I think there's a lot of good stuff here for people to enjoy. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, your time. I, 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 think, I think we touched on just about everything and then some. <laughs> and then some. All right. Well, thank you, my man. I appreciate your time. Great talking with you as always. Yeah, man. It's been my pleasure. This episode is brought to you by the Earth Pulse PEMF Sleep on Command device. If you're looking for better sleep, enhanced mitochondrial function, improved performance, and accelerated recovery, I highly recommend you check out the Earth Pulse. Within the first week of sleeping on my Earth Pulse, I was seeing improved exercise performance, delayed onset of fatigue, I noticed more energy during my workouts, and I was able to break the three-minute mark on a static breath hold. 
I now sleep on my Earth Pulse PEMF, which stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field device every single night. I have the one that has two coils. One goes under your pillow, one goes under your mattress, and I take it with me when I travel. I don't leave home without it. Every time I use my Earth Pulse, I wake up feeling clearer, calmer, and more energized. And I can tell the difference if I skip using it for a few nights. What's even cooler is it's incredibly easy to use. I just put it in manual mode, set it to 9.6 hertz, and about 15 minutes before my alarm is going to go off. And that's it. It's very easy, just a couple buttons, and the performance-enhancing benefits are profound. To learn more about the Earth Pulse and check out some of the scientific literature, you can go to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Earth Pulse. That's biohackingsecrets.com forward slash E-A-R-T-H-P-U-L-S-E. This episode is brought to you by the Kangen SD501 Platinum Water Machine. The Kangen water machine produces ionized, alkaline, and acidic waters through a process called electrolysis. And these waters can be used for various purposes, including drinking, cooking, beauty, cleaning, and improving your health and optimizing your energy and focus. Kangen machines are utilized by everyone from Bill Gates to Barack Obama, Demi Moore, Brad Pitt, Beyonce, Tiger Woods, Oprah Winfrey, Angelina Jolie, Julia Roberts, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lopez, Donald Trump, Madonna, Jack Nicholson, Robert Downey Jr. The list goes on and on. And it's one of the secrets to many people's success and energy and overcoming some of the chronic degenerative conditions we face today. I've heard stories of people getting off of dozens of prescription medications simply by drinking this Kangen alkaline water. And the results that I've experienced from my Kangen SD501 Platinum have been profound. We all know that we're supposed to drink more water, right? But the problem is that most of the time when people start to implement that advice, they're drinking the wrong types of water. And this can actually do more harm than good. For example, over 315 different chemicals have been identified in American tap water. And if you're taking the next step and you're trying to perhaps make a wiser decision by drinking bottled water instead, well... The minimum required standard for bottled water is that it just has to be as good as tap water. So you may still be exposed to all of those same chemicals, not to mention the fact that bottled water is photodegradable, meaning if it comes in these plastic water bottles and is exposed to sunlight, which is almost an inevitability, that plastic is going to start breaking down. And even if it's BPA-free plastic, you're still going to be exposed to a number of different plastic-based chemicals that provide unwanted health consequences. So it's very important to intelligently choose the source of our water, and that's one of the reasons that I use the Kangen SD501 Platinum. In a recent interview, Barack Obama's cardiologist, Gerald Bresnahan, who was also cardiologist to President Reagan, Clinton, Bush, the Queen of England, and the Pope, said the following, quote, we have understood the importance of alkalizing diets for decades, but we've been unsuccessful in getting our patients to eat a perfectly alkaline diet because we cannot eat enough alkaline foods to keep our body alkaline. To have something that changes the pH of the body from acid to alkaline based on something we are already doing, that is drinking water, we can get people alkaline very easily. Hundreds of thousands of our patients have seen remarkable results from drinking Kangen medical-grade drinking water. 
We are doing our part to bring this technology to the medical community in the United States because Kangen water is already a medical device in Japan. This is going to be a great thing for everyone and will change the lives of millions of people. And once again, that's Dr. Gerald Bresnahan, cardiologist to the president's. When my clients come in for weekend intensives, I help them hyperhydrate using Kangen 9.5 pH water, and many of them feel an a benefit almost immediately. It is a bit pricey, but I promise you there is no better investment you can make in your health than ensuring the quality of water you drink is of the highest standard and is effectively going to be able to transport across cellular membranes. So if you're interested in checking out and learning more about the Kangen water machine, I encourage you to go to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Kangen. That's biohackingsecrets.com forward slash K-A-N-G-E-N to learn more about SD501 Platinum and the benefits it can provide to you and your family.